I'm Manda, and together we're Black Compat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Wanna be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m., where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackcompat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern. Hey guys, this is your King Baby Duck Evan Borgo. Today's episode of Duck Amuck in Japan is dedicated in memory of a very good friend of mine. Listeners of past one-on-one episodes recorded at PAX East may recall my Nerds Clothing interviews with one Gregory Nunez, who unfortunately passed away just recently. Greg was an awesome person to be around, and he would always be the guy that left you smiling soon after you've hung out with him. Greg and I have known each other for close to 22 years, beginning in our time as juniors at Ling Classical High School. And despite me having my issues with autism back then, Greg and his D-Block crew always had my back. It's because of Greg that I became an anime fan after he convinced me to stick around after Sailor Moon on Toonami to watch Dragon Ball Z, a show that he claimed to be the most badass cartoon he's ever seen. Me getting into Dragon Ball Z also introduced me to Tenchi Muyo, Outlaw Star, Big O, and so many other anime that would inspire me to become a fan of the genre. I will go so far as to say that if Greg didn't convince me to watch Dragon Ball... I may not be where I am this very day, recording in Tokyo, Japan. Back in 2003, Greg would co-star in one of the very first films I ever wrote and co-directed. It was called That Ain't Me, and he made his character of Omar more than I could have ever imagined when I wrote that script. The film is, let's be honest, Pretty bad, but for a bunch of high schoolers who skipped third and fourth period every Thursday to make the movie, we did all right. And I don't think the film would have been as entertaining without Greg's presence. We kept in touch throughout the years, and the last time we got to hang out was on Halloween 2018. I was heading into Boston to watch the Red Sox's World Series Victory Parade as well as prepare to see Corpoclani with AFLM, who we were going to interview uh, before their show. And who is standing in the train but Gregory Nunez? We chatted up, and we wound up watching the parade together. I took many pictures, but I regret now not getting a selfie with him. 
I was hoping to hang out with him some more, but he had to get back to his job at the MBTA. But we swore to hang out again another time. But days, weeks, and years passed, and we could not figure out a good time to meet up. He was busy when I wasn't, and I was busy when he was free. It's, you know, the way life is. But I regret not being able to see him one more time, especially before coming out here to Japan. And now, the means of seeing him again won't ever happen, and that thought really breaks my heart. I'm not the most religious guy out there, but... I hope wherever Greg is, that he is happy and smiling. And I urge all of you listeners to send love to his wife, Kathy, and their two children. Today's episode of Duckamuck in Japan is for you, Greg. Had it not been for you and telling me about the world of Saiyans, I don't think any episode of Duckamuck in Japan, No Borders, No Race, Boston Bash Brigade, or anything else I recorded would exist. Thank you, Greg, for everything. And now, for the D-Block, let's begin today's Duckamuck in Japan. And now, the Boston Bastard Brigade, Omni Street Inc., Wicked Anime, and Black Compet proudly present Duckamuck in Japan. Bastards and Wenches, welcome to episode 5 of Duckamuck in Japan. Please insert coin. I am your King Baby Duck Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. Joining us, as always, is our Pokemon Master Elite Four, Derek. Continue! Nine. Eight, seven, six, start, etc. Hi, guys. The creator of Solarian Sun, AFLM. Oh, hello. I am here. And our special guest today, the creator of the Cozy Kotatsu, Zach. Hey, yo. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) That's all right. But, Zach, welcome to Duck and Muck in Japan. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm I'm pretty good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. How's uh, how's everyone else doing? Good. Oh, very good. Hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, tell us a little bit about the Cozy Kotatsu. So, what is your focus on your YouTube show? Uh, well, it's kind of small right now, so I have a bunch of different focuses. But obviously, uh, how do you say, Persona's a kind of a big theme throughout the channel because even in videos where I'm not playing or doing persona related things I'm the music is blasting in the background and so I just genuinely want to use it to like show life in Japan and just kind of use it as both a how do you say a journal but also I want to do really cool things with it like I made the persona five locations in real life video and that video did really well and then my biggest project was I made recently was I ran across the entire Yamanote line in one day which for those of you don't know is about 42 ish kilometers in uh, American terms that's about 22 or 23 miles or is it 24 basically a marathon so 
that that was a really fun video. It's 25 minutes long, and yeah, it's a. <laughs> I consider it a banger, wow. but it, it's got it's got to get its uh it's it's still getting its feet. <laughs> wait, wait, 24, 25 minutes before or after editing? Oh, after editing. I I don't there think. There we I go. Was like, okay. <laughs> you might have set a world record there. No, no, it, it, it took it took eight hours. No, I, I'd be the the Flash or whatever. If that <laughs> Are you a runner yourself? Have you ever done something that big, or have you ever run something that huge? Uh, yeah, that was the biggest thing I've ever done. Uh, basically, my history with running was I started in middle school doing cross country and. I tried to get into track, but I realized I really didn't like it. I liked that cross country. It was like everyone runs the same race. The event's over pretty quick. And on top of that, like, it's just fun to run with your friends and like have a more open feeling like you're out in nature on like a golf course somewhere. Like it's just yeah, way more but, enjoyable. But who hurt you? Why are you running? <laughs> <laughs> well, over time, I, I kind of just my body got used to it to the point where like, even if I haven't done anything for like, a couple weeks or a month, I could still probably go out and run a 5k if I needed to. And so I've like, I really enjoy it. And like running for me has become like, a, how do you say, it's like my own personal, like worship, like my shrine. So like I'll put in my favorite music and it's honestly where like a lot of my ideas for editing videos and different things come from. Cause I'm just like in my own little world while I'm running. And it's, I, uh, I can totally nice. get that because I work, I work about three miles away from where I live. And I make it a point to make sure that I walk there as much as possible. And I'll put on just maybe videos of stuff that I like or whatever, but that that's like my Zen moment. Being like, even if it's an hour long walk, having that hour long walk to myself, I plan it ahead of time. I leave an hour early just so I make sure I have that time for the walk. like. That sometimes is the best part of my day. Mm. No, no, yeah, absolutely. The way the way I kind of see it is like, you know, when like you think of all your like you're in the shower and you're just like all your best ideas suddenly like come out of nowhere. It's like the same thing. It's like an extended shower, <laughs> but in my sweat, I guess, <laughs> instead of water. Y'all are crazy. I hate cardio. You work the same way too when it comes to like your when you're drawing Solarian Sun, like you're blaring music that helps you to oh, influence yeah. what you're drawing. Oh, oh wait! You help on Solarian Sun. I did not know that. What? Who does? Wait, who helps? Wait, I thought you just said he helps on Solarian Sun. No, 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 no. no. I was just oh, telling wait. Andrew like that's yeah. how you draw. Yeah. Oh yeah. Music. Huge music base. I, I'm mixing up the voices. I'm sorry. So pause for edit. And one, how two, are you mixing three. up the voices when John Star's not on this week's show? <laughs> John's not even here. <laughs> I I figured out those differences. Oh fuck you! Oh uh, yes, you are cor- you are correct. You are yeah, correct. So where did the name Cozy Kotatsu come from? Uh. So basically, I, I was like two or three years ago, I kind of learned what a kotatsu was. And then I was like in that at this point, I already knew I wanted to go and live in Japan. And I, I was like, always like, oh, wow, that's a really cool thing. I want to be able to have a heated table like that sounds really awesome, especially in winter. Like I really love when it gets cold out and like just everything has that cozy feeling. And mm-hmm. the kotatsu is like the, the cherry on top. And so 
I basically, I got a Kotatsu and I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, I've got, I've had a lot of different little false starts on YouTube. Like I've been trying to do something along the lines of this since I was like 12. I, I wanted to do like let's plays and whatnot. And then I never had like an idea that I really felt was my own. Like I, I was always like, okay, at that time it was like PewDiePie and Tobuscus were like 2012, 2013, 2014 YouTube. That's where that was. And so I was trying to like mimic that. And then over time, finally like going through college and now finally coming to Japan, I was like, I feel like I've finally reached a point with my own content where I'm like, okay, this is my content. Like I, this is stuff I want to make. It's not things I want to make because I want to be a YouTuber. It's thing, things I want to make because I just want to make it and my goal is obviously to be a youtuber but it's not like i only make things if it lines up with these two things is it is it a video i want to make and is it something i think people want to see and if those two <laughs> things line up then it's like well why wouldn't i make it right mm, right now and then uh, eventually I guess- i'll have the fu viewership to like make the videos i want to make regardless of what i of what people think so so i mean though if you do want to overtake uh mr beast though you need at least a half <laughs> dozen hollywood videos yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, oh, wait, oh, but but uh sorry i guess I, I need to finish answering the question, but the oh, name yeah, yeah, the Kozakatatsu, it's kind of from that, like, I was, like, kind of reconfiguring. I was like, okay, I know I'm living in Japan now. I want to make the channel. I want to consolidate all my stuff into one. I don't want, like, a gaming channel and a separate channel. I want it all to be the same thing. And I thought, well, I'm in Japan. I, like, my I, my set kind of is, like, on, under the Kotatsu. Like, I have the camera set up with the Kotatsu and everything. So I was like, well, Kozakatatsu, like, that's perfect. Like, that, it's got the perfect vibe for what Wait, so kind of videos did, I want to make. How does yeah. the camera setup define Kotatsu? Uh, well, I, w- I did go to, I went to school for filmmaking. And so doing the actual, or making everything look actually nice. And like, I like the idea of having like your set, you know, like the, all the really, but, but how does it YouTuber- look like, what makes it Kotatsu specific? Oh, Kotatsu specific? Uh, well, I'm sitting in the Kotatsu. <laughs> so uh, right. I'm sitting in the Kotatsu on the ground and I'm like talking to the camera from there. So so pretend like I don't know what Kotatsu means. Yes. You Even a little bit of a backstory. Can you give the rest of it? Don't know what a Kotatsu is and backstory for the name of the channel. No, you said you're setting in a Kotatsu right now. So, yeah, so okay, so uh, so, so I don't know what, what I, I don't know what that is. Yeah, so, so right. a Kotatsu, a right, Kotatsu right. is a coffee table that has a blanket shrouded around it and you sit you put your legs underneath it because there's a heat lamp underneath it and your body gets warm. Okay. Yes. So, like it, yeah, so so it's got a heater under it, you got the blanket and so, well, cozy right (laughs) and so it's really nice yeah and of course in japanese culture sitting on the floor is pretty common so it that's kind of where they i think they kind of created it it's like well stick a heater under there why not my my big question is is how do you not just burn your burn your legs on the on the heater like all the time like i i that's my biggest fear because it's basically Uh, just uh, (laughs) it's basically just like a stove top but like underneath it you know it's just like glowing red yeah yeah. i touch that with my leg you can stick them (laughs) yeah well there's there's different kinds of kotatsus so um there are the ones that you're talking about where it's like it is like a glowing like hot like 
almost looks like aluminum like base thing and if you do touch it you can't you will burn yourself or at least at least it will kind of like if you tap up like a pan for a split second it's like ah <laughs> but uh but luckily this one it's it's a different different type it's from uh maybe you guys haven't heard of it it's a place called muji muji rushi and oh, yeah, they, they've got muji. a lot of yeah muji's awesome they've got a lot yeah. of great products and this one it has it's like an electric based one so like it's really flat so it doesn't mm. stick out and even if you touch it it won't burn you nice so so it's a it's a pretty nice one finally kotatsu uh, evolution so yes. here's here's, uh, here's what, my question what pays are in the toilet and find out <laughs> what <laughs> i prefer toasters <laughs> All right. So here's my question. Um, what? So what brought you to Japan in the first place that got you to live there? Are you are you doing the English thing like Evan is? Or are you just living out there because you're sponsored by somebody? Like, tell me, tell me the origins of, of you living out in Japan. Yeah. So I uh, basically I think it was like the straw that broke the camel's back for like over time, like I kind of started to realize, I was like, huh, like all the things like I really like love and care about, like especially certain like anime films. Like I'm not in, super big into anime series. Like I, I could probably count on both hands how many anime series I've watched from start to finish. But like the films, like I really like love, love them. And the good it kind ones. of, yeah, the good ones. And, and, it, and it opened me up to, uh, to like the culture. And then uh, basically the straw that broke the camel's back was in, August 2019, I watched uh, Your Name, Kimi no Noa, and I was just kind of like, okay, there's something in Japan, in the culture, that's like, re- obviously, it's super creative and super powerful, and like, if I, if I want to live the kind of life I want to live and be a creative person, then like, I want to be there. And like, also, on the other hand, like, America, like, I love America, I guess, you know, it's, it's given my family great opportunity like my family's been here for probably 200 years now been there uh but for me i was like well there's so many people who live in america who only see the world through the lens of america and like they don't see anything outside of it and i'm just like i knew for my for me i was like okay i need to i, I want to experience life outside of america like i i think america for now it's like it's it served its purpose for me mm. if that makes sense no, no, that and makes so, sense with me. I felt yeah. the same way too. So, yeah. so you're just living out there then? You're yeah. yeah. So I originally came here um, through language school, and then okay. I was really lucky through a friend of a friend. Basically, um, my my cousin and her husband. They were her husband was an Air Force pilot. He uh, he was here before, and they made friends, and then they left in like 2021. But they still have the friends here. So when I got here, one of those friends notified me like, hey, there's this job opening at this place. And then I wow. was lucky enough to get I'm working now. They, like I pretty quickly went from student visa to work visa. Yeah, that's uh, and, wild. And so I'm working at an English uh, school right now. And maybe more on that later. But there, I've got some plans for the future of like obviously because like when you come to usually people come to japan to teach english because it's how to get here right yeah and yeah. and so i'm like thinking about other ways to i'm, I'm well that's i don't know yeah that's what uh i mean just hearing that I was, that's that's probably like the one percent of how people can even go to japan that is exceedingly rare holy cow 
you know yeah yeah and, I, and i'm really lucky too because like uh i'm lucky enough that say like my father was able to help support me to go to language school because mm -hmm. he's been like i think it's really hard to ask parents for money much less like like hey i don't have an exact plan it's just i've been trying to get here for years and like covid stopped me from getting here and like he was lucky i was lucky enough that he was he supported me to get here so thanks thanks dad i love you <laughs> there you go there you go all right so what's been like some of your highlights since moving here to japan highlights since moving here to japan well i met my girlfriend so that's a pretty big highlight yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big one and, and it's it's pretty funny because like you know odds are if you're moving to Japan and you're trying to find a girlfriend she'll probably be Japanese right? <laughs> but, pretty, yeah, pretty likely. But my girlfriend is Go Chinese, on. so <laughs> <laughs> so I got like like uh, what the four like three I don't even know what percent of this population is supposed to be Chinese in Japan, but uh, I think I'm I'm really lucky because she's obviously fluent Chinese, she's fluent Japanese, and. Uh, She's been incredibly helpful for helping oh, me like man, settled in, in last year. Mandarin, Mandarin. She could under kind of understand Cantonese if she heard it, but she couldn't speak it or read it really well. And um, well, maybe she could read it because kanji, but who knows? And and what? And are you are you fluent in just Japanese from the language school? Uh, fluent would be uh, how do you sure, say? Sure, Very, yeah. <laughs> flu fluent's a stretch. I I can understand. I can listen more than I can speak. Let's just put it that mm, way. <laughs> not the same way. It's like for for me, like I I. It's not that I like a hundred percent understand what they're saying, but I can comprehend what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like my thing is like. Like, for example, I called yesterday. I called immigration. Or no, well, two days ago, actually. Two days ago, I called immigration. And basically, nah. like, the per it, it was so weird because, like, I called nah. Kobe immigration because I'm considering going back to language school because I want to get higher language level. Mm -hmm. But the, basically, it was very strange. Like, I, I was like... Which means, like, is, it, is English okay? Like, can you speak mm -hmm. English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she was like, Hi. And then I was like, okay. So then I started speaking, and then it was so weird. Like, I think she must have had a translator, or she understood what I was saying, but couldn't speak it back. So I mm -hmm. was speaking in English, and mm. she was speaking in Japanese. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and interesting. so, like, so there are some words that, like, I would understand, like, 80 to 90%, and then there's, like, the big words that really matter that I Wait, would just, I'm like, I don't know that title? word. <laughs> yeah, no Sub subtitles. Hard life. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm honestly surprised that um, I'm honestly surprised that that immigration doesn't have a dedicated English speaker. No, they do. But the thing is, when you're calling like the local ones, like Tokyo Immigration, they can send you to the line that has English English mm -hmm. speakers. Like yesterday, I did call immigration yesterday too, and I spoke to someone, and her English is pretty good, and she helped a lot. But the Kobe Immigration, so Kobe is right next to Osaka, and mm -hmm. It's like, since it's like a smaller one, they might, and it's kind of further away from Tokyo. Like, the further away you get from Tokyo, more likely or not, they're not going to have that much English support, basically. Yeah. No, I was in, I, I was in Osaka for a time as well, or for a little bit as well. Uh, one oh, of my buddies yeah. was down there. So, and I was in, oh, I forget which part it was. I forget the exact location. But, uh, but yeah, it was pretty rural. It's pretty rural out there in, in certain oh, that's places. That's pretty cool. So. 
Yeah, it was it was it was right. fun. Well, this is kind of random, but I'm just going to throw this out there. But at least in the U.S., we're always told you need to learn Spanish. Mm. Is there a language that people are told that they need to learn in Japan? Because my uh, initial thought mm. would be English. probably English. Yeah, probably yeah, English. But like the English education in Japan is like, um, pardon my French, pretty dog shit. And so it, it it's like, I think it's very much the same thing with learning Spanish in America. Like learning Spanish in America, like what's your mentality going into it? It's just a class, and you need to graduate. Yeah, exactly. Yo, yo no, yo no, say a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, Mo- mucho so- stuff. Yeah, and so like now looking back, I'm like, okay, I started learning Japanese. I'm like, wow, okay, I'm going jumping into one of the more difficult languages to learn if you're learning from English. And I'm like, wow, Spanish is so fucking easy. Why didn't I just learn Spanish? And like, I could have just learned more Spanish. Like, even though if I still went to Japan, it's like that's another language, right? But I think I think the 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 drive. Je peux le long de la français un peu. <laughs> I, th- I think it just comes down to the the drive of interest, honestly. Because I mean, even because if you if you have no interest in because like, you don't have a connection to Spanish. Like I have no connection to Spanish. Sure, like yeah. I'm I'm in the same I'm in the same spot with you guys where it's like okay, uh, in the same way that you guys uh, can understand Japanese, but it's harder for you to speak it back. It, but it, it's easier to comprehend it when you're listening to it. That's kind of how I feel about my my own Spanish. Is like I can. I can comprehend it, but mm-hmm. and then but as far as it being a language that I'm connected to, I have no connection to it. However, when I'm going through my own Duolingo apps, or I'm going through Drops, or I'm going through whatever I'm using to learn it, it's far more interesting and it's far more fun because I actually feel myself getting better at it as a skill based because I have a personal connection to the language, right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So I think we're, that's like the biggest driving factor. Respectfully raising my hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when I was in middle school, I'm not sure how you guys break up like elementary school, middle school, but like this was fifth or sixth grade for me. Um, they told us then you can only take one language, Spanish or French. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take Spanish, you get to go to the border cafe and you get to order your meal in Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) But if you take French, you get to go to Quebec (laughs) and you just get to fucking go around Quebec for like four days. (laughs) I'll take the, I'll take the border cafe. (laughs) So je, je parle français. (laughs) and it's only after you get to quebec that you realize you just wasted so much time learning french to impress these unimpressible french canadians or just french people there was some sort of parade that i still do not understand why they were doing the parade but it involved topless mermaids And considering the right class. <laughs> eighth grade on a field trip it was like, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, kids, uh, look, uh, look away. Uh, we we need to go. Uh, let, let's get out of here. <laughs> I 
I, I just think of the teacher having a heart attack. Hashtag Libra the nipple. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So, but yeah, so the language that, like, I think in Japan, oh, right. they, they, it's really hard for them to, like, justify to the kids. Like, it's hard to get the kids interested in learning it because, like, think about when you're, when, like, when you're learning Spanish, you think they're like, oh, you can go to. Mexico, you can go to Spain and you can speak Spanish to these people. It's like, wow, everyone's supposed to speak English. Why the fuck? Like, I, why do I care? Like, like the mentality is like, I'm not going to go there. But then, like, for me, it was like years later. I'm like, huh, I, I want to go. I want to go to like Japan now. And I'm like, huh, I don't know any other languages. In American school, I had an exchange program with Switzerland. Hmm. And all of them could speak Swiss. German, French, mm. and the reason why they were coming was because they were rusty on their English, but they could still speak English. Yeah, that's well, I mean, that's because like when you when you live in a Germanic country, you're surrounded by a bunch of you're, you're surrounded by France, Germans, uh, Swiss. Like you you have a whole bunch of different co- uh, well, cultures yeah, within like 25 when, miles when of you. When you think of the EU, though, you think that there's a way that they can all communicate, and that's. <laughs> it's mostly it's mostly German, yeah, yeah, but, and that's that's the thing too is that I think especially in Japan, like it's the the you island know, mentality. You're, Swiss is completely different from German. You I know, know but most of them speak German. Yeah, that's well, actually, there's saying, also like the, there's the there's a specific uh, kind of German called Swiss German. Has four national languages. <laughs> and one of them Swiss, one of them's German. I think one is French and then there's one more that I don't think it's English I think it's something random but yeah I think it's Swiss might be German? Estonian it's, it, and it's um and, and the reason why it's French is because when you whenever you travel across the world um, you'll see everything in English the native language and French because French is the second most common language spoken around the world to English oh yeah because they took over 90% of uh, Africa right yeah, no. yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Everyone thinks the French are, you know, willing to step out of conflict, but meanwhile, they took over most of a continent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they take they they take over most of a continent, then they lose it all, and then the Germans like sneeze and then they lose. They they just fall <laughs> over. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I, I love history yeah. jokes. It's fun. Yes. The, the Northern African territories <clears throat> were probably French before the Germans stepped in. Oh, yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. But anyway, I'm glad you're here, Zach, for the co- for this episode of Duckamuck in Japan. Mm-hmm. Today's episode is titled Please Insert Coin. We're going to be talking about video games, gachapon, all things arcadey within both Japan and even in comparison to America. And the reason why I brought you on here is because yeah, you and I, we met at a video game event uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. It was the uh, Panda Games uh, event. I mean, it was on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> so we had like a traditional... Uh, What's it called? Traditional Japanese 
uh like meal on the boat so like yeah you sit on the floor quote unquote but then it's like uh there's a false floor underneath for your legs to go under the table and they serve you all the authentic dishes and everything and the, they had the announcement with a projector and mm. we were on the river by the sky tree in, in asakusa and it was like it was really cool it was really cool yeah it was nice. a blast uh, do you um do you use the uh, towel that you got uh I do use the towel. I do use the towel. I used it yesterday, actually, I think. Uh, Because, like, it's it's kind of the perfect size where if you, like, use it right, then, like, you can can dry your whole body and then you just toss it in the washing machine and boom, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. I use it as one of my my shower towels. I I use that. And (laughs) I also have, for a hand towel... Uh, if you bought the game Super Mario Brothers Wonder here in Japan, it, they gave you a free like hand towel at some store. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Japanese are really good with that. Um, with that, like small amenities merchandising, like kind of in kind of, kind of in the way like when you go anywhere, all their advertisements are on tissue packs because you can always use tissue packs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, well, they're all right. okay. You bought our game. Now wash yourself. You smelly fucker. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, you. I, I think it's great that they have, like, you buy this free thing and it's something that you would actually use instead of something like, oh, yeah. here's a poster that you may or may not want to hang up on your wall. Or, yeah, the yeah, Japanese are very, <laughs> yeah, the Japanese are very good at making everything useful. Like, everything has a use. Yeah. Like when you go to a concert, like one of the merch things the merch you can buy is a is a towel, and I'm like, great, I can use this as a sweat towel for when I go and work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. and you may or may not use it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I use it. Oh, I totally use it. Uh, what was I gonna say? That uh, that reminds me of like Tears of the Kingdom. That their tie-in, like I don't remember seeing much merch because like I I kind of live in a little. Not super far away from Tokyo, but I live in Kanagawa, so kind of far away. Mm. And so some of the big merch pushes don't always happen at to a, a big extent out here. But mm-hmm. at the Lawson, during Tears of the Kingdom's release, they had like a Tears of the Kingdom special chicken for like two weeks. And nice. that was it. That nice. was it. You just like the cut it. You just um, buy I'm, it, you I'm eat curious. it, and that's it. <laughs> I'm curious because I don't know. Do you have access to Amazon Prime and stuff over there? Because yeah, the, yes. j- literally, uh, Amazon I don't, Japan I don't does. Know. Yeah, yeah, but but it's completely separate from your American account. You have to make a separate Japanese Amazon account if you want to, and you have to buy Prime separately in Japan. So, <clears throat> yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you get streaming services? Wait, what services? Streaming services. Streaming services. Yes, you 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 yes. did get that. But if you have if you have your American Prime account, then you can still just log into that here. But some things will be unavailable because I think they have started to separate it more. You can't just use a VPN. Like Unless you. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta be careful with that. They're they're really going after the VPNs now, which is kind of making me a little nervous. Yeah, which yeah. is like basically busting the whole reason why we have VPNs in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like wow, yeah, that's for protecting my personal data. Definitely not just to get more shows on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
No, I was in high school and I was trying to get porn during school time. <laughs> <laughs> well, now like some of the phones are just like some phone new phones are just coming with well, VPNs yeah, on them. Never had so. phones mm-hmm. back when I was in high school. Like we had the, you know, if you wanted to text, you hit seven, like three times to make a T. <laughs> that that was the texting back when I was in high school. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think texting was a thing when I was still in high school. Like I, because I graduated back in two thousand three, and I think texting came maybe a couple of years after that. Yeah, uh, around yeah, there. That, yeah, that sounds about right. I forgot yeah. So, um, b- before we dive into more about uh, talking about video games, please insert coin. Let's do a little bit of a round of Ask Duck Anything. And Zach, you can actually participate in this because this is where. Andrew and Derek will ask us questions about what we've been currently experiencing here in Japan. So you might have something to say in this aspect. All right, sure. I guess, like, if I have an answer, I'll let you answer first. And then if I've got something to say, then I'll just, uh, I'll let you take the floor first. (laughs) Well, uh, so we know that you are going to the Beast in Black concert coming up, right? I still haven't got my tickets yet. They haven't got on sale yet. So, um, yeah. Um, I'm hoping but you've, to get but you have but you have been to other concerts. Yes. So so I, I guess my question is is how different slash difficult or easy is it to get into a concert venue without being able to speak the language? Very easy. I just walk up, Ooh. I show my ticket, and they let me in. Nice, because I didn't know if there was some sort of process behind it. You know, you know, you know what I mean. Like you're in a foreign country, and if if like you you're going to a venue or an event. And if you were to step into a place and somebody just starts talking to you. Ah, so, yeah, I just show that I have my ticket and they let me in. That's all I, I that's all I have to do. No, well, easy enough. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, see, that, see, that's that's actually good news for me, because I know that if I was to go back to Japan specifically during a time when a concert was going on, like, say, oh, I'm going to Japan because Freedom Caller Fellowship or Twilight Force is playing. And now I'm going to go visit Evan. We're going to go see a concert together, which would be wicked fun, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. Then I know that it's like, OK, well, we can get by and we can go see the show without any issue. Yeah, the only thing that could happen is like maybe you get stopped by like a security guard and like or something, and then they'll ask to see like, oh, you have a passport or whatever. But that's like, yeah, if you're not bringing like a giant bag to the show, then you'll be fine. Like, sure, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that's it's fairly easy. I sometimes will have to like use like Google Translate to look up how to buy the tickets, but other than that, there's there's no really big issue. Nice. That's excellent. I sent you something uh, via Google Translate that I hope uh, you can translate. Uh, cheeseburger ga hoshii desu. That's uh, I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but if you want to say I want to eat a cheeseburger, then you say cheeseburger o tabetai. You, you can't tell me that I can eat one. I get a cheeseburger and I can do whatever I want with that. Yeah, so cheeseburger gahoshitas, it's kind of like just you, I want this. It's not saying I want to eat it, it's just like you want the object of a cheeseburger just yeah. to have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the possessive cheeseburger. But Zach, have you Pretty been fun. to many concerts here in Japan since coming? 
Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to go to any. I really want to look into like some of like the live orchestra concerts for like games. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly, um, obviously, Persona. They have the super live events ever uh, like once every year. I think that already happened, and then some other ones. Oh, but since Square Enix, or yes, if I could go to like Square Enix or like uh, like Final Fantasy Live, like something like that, that'd be fantastic. But oh, be- I think it's just. At this point, since I've been kind of like settling in with work and stuff in the, about for the last almost year now, it's kind of been hard to plan events. Only in the last couple of months have I really been able to start like really planning things and like looking into things. So I'm going to start looking into more concerts and I definitely will probably ask for some help if uh, if you've got some resources for that. Oh, yeah, too, without so. question. Yeah, because I, I go to at least three concerts a month here in Japan. Yeah, this guy, man. Like, if you're on, no, I've seen the Instagram posts. So I'm like, damn, yeah. another one. Okay, Dude, like, <laughs> December is like going to be so full full for me. Like, I've got stunts, punks. I've got soil and pimp sessions. I just bought tickets for a double bill of Guitar Wolf and Poly Six. It's like, there's so many Nothing. good shows happening. Gotcha. Holy crap! So, are most of the concerts that you go to are they like, uh, like rock? Rock bands mostly? Yeah, rock, punk. Um, Soul and Pimp Sessions are a jazz group, arguably one of the Ooh. best jazz groups in the world. And I've been wanting to see them for like almost two decades. So to finally be able to see them, I'm so excited. I do, I do love me some jazz. Well, the, the funny the funny part is, is the one that I mentioned that he's that he's going to go to soon, eventually, is uh, like they're not even Japanese based. Like they're from Finland and they're going to be coming to Japan. So and, and and me and my brother had recently gone to see them here in the United States. So now it's just ironic that we get to go see them. Now Evan gets to go see them in a different country. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I got to ask, though, how much did tickets cost for Beast in Black for America? So uh, before fees, it was only they were only twenty five dollar tickets. So we so in the end, we probably paid thirty to thirty five dollars for the recent black tickets. They're going to be ninety eight hundred yen here in Japan. Woo, oh, that's like Christ! That's like, <laughs> that's like fifty sixty bucks right now because the yen is like yeah, but you can't use an American credit card to buy tickets, so I have to use my Japanese one. So. Wait, really? 9,800 yen is 9,800 yen. Oh, wow. That's painful. Yeah, that's, wow. 9,800 yen. Well, so, but I wonder if that goes along with the whole fact that the music industry in general in Japan is also far more popular than it is here in the United States, right? Like music is a sub, not that music isn't a subculture here in the United States, but in Japan, there's a whole world surrounding it. And yeah, it's way more so dedicated. Like, yeah. yeah, so like their albums are way more expensive over there. Like if you go to a, if you go to a store and buy a hard album, it's like at least two to three times more expensive than what you would have to pay for an album here in the United States. Yeah, yeah. and they're selling the they, they they're selling like the advanced new like Sony Walkman that's like got an Android based system and it's just like normal for music. Like I don't even wow. think you can put a SIM card in it. It's like really it's like a thousand dollars or something ridiculous and it, there's like a pair of headphones that's supposed to go with it too so it's like two thousand bucks down the wow. drain you have your android based walkman with yeah. these like fancy yeah. ass headphones that look like they're like weigh 10 pounds it's like what holy the hell? Yeah. yeah right yeah like a lot of music enthusiasts like you just go to like a normal shop like big camera like they're one of the bigger they're, they're basically like cross between micro center and best buy like mm-hmm. the best parts mm-hmm. of of Best Buy with the with some of the with like half of Micro Center. 
and like you go to the headphone section it's just like so fucking massive it's crazy like like there's just so many different kinds of headphones it's like in america we don't have that many like we have a lot of options but like it makes it it pales in comparison to here yeah yeah very true a lot of audio files derek what's your question derek are you there did Derek. Derek die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Well, well, folks, the sniper got Derek. Uh, I guess <laughs> mission accomplished. So we can end the fake podcast now. No, <laughs> talking about music can uh, lead into me talking about a recent concert that I went to. Um, I went to Sanganjaya again, the venue Heaven's Door, and there were four punk and metal bands that were performing at this show. Mm-hmm. Um, the first band is a newcomer. They're called T to H. And you kind of spell it like teeth, but you separate the H and make that its own thing. Mm-hmm. And they were a two-person band, and their drummer was so loud that I thought I was going to go deaf. Like, it sounded <laughs> like it sounded like, uh, like a gunshot every time he, like, like Bam, bam! Damn it! Oh, there's Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, damn, the sniper didn't get him. <laughs> but no, but this... you know why I'm saying Bam Bam right now, right? Yes, I know, I know, I know. Inside joke. Inside joke. For anyone who doesn't know, I used to be in a band with someone else named Derek, and he was called Bam Bam. A, because he was from Alabama, and B, because he was a drummer and literally just beat the shit out of his drum <laughs> anytime we started a song. Beat drum. Bam, beat drum. Yeah, like, this guy was, like, so, like, he was slamming it so hard that, like, I thought that there was going to be, like, a smoldering crater after the set was over. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean that that deals into uh, abortion rights at that point. All right, all right. Anyway, the next band that went on, they're they are called the Ed Woods, as in like the director nice. Ed Wood. Yeah, Ed Wood. Yeah, yeah, Edwards. They are a rockabilly punk rock band. One of my favorite subgenres, by the way, because um, I love like punk rock bands. Have got the instead of just a regular ass bass guitar, it's a just big ginormous stand up bass. Stand up, and their bassist Billy Trash. Mm-hmm. Like he, the thing that he was playing on, it was being held together by duct tape. Like it's seen, <laughs> it's it's seen some shit. Um, they were great, but then, like, at the end of the set, um, the bill, the bassist Billy, he starts stripping down to his underwear, and <laughs> he douses himself with shampoo and soap, and he he runs into the middle of like the floor where we're all standing. He starts like laddering himself up, and he starts <laughs> slipping and sliding on the venue floor, even doing some like silly <laughs> dance moves. <laughs> wow that sounds pretty epic <laughs> he purposely jumped off knowing no one could catch him 
and then landed and then just started wriggling. <laughs> no, no, the, the, the states and floor, there's like nothing in, there's no height in between both of them. So uh. it, was, it was easy. But then it either, depending on who you are, it got even either better or it got worse. Um, he he starts. He jumps back on the stage and Prime he proceeds me. to start stripping off one pair of underwear after another. So like, <laughs> <laughs> so like he takes off one pair. There's another pair. Were, were any pairs better than any of the other pairs? What was the best pair? They were getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and then. <laughs> There's his cock. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. And, so uh, what, what gets five stars out of all those? What gets five stars? I don't know the meaning of the question, dude. No, no, no I, I, I have a question, too, actually. So, like, was he, like, was he flaccid? Was he half chub or full chub? Like, where, where was he on the scale? I was trying not to stare. So uh, no, everyone's staring. It's just hive minded at that point. Between four stars and five stars, are you <laughs> or are you showing? But I guess that's the uh, I guess that's the another question too, which is actually kind of interesting. How does that not uh, break any in, uh, indecent exposure laws in Japan? Because they have those. They um, right? everyone's a sport, maybe? I guess. No videotaping. No. Oh no! I I was shooting like video and, and taking pictures, but um, I wasn't. I so, was definitely not so shooting that. There part. are there are smut films of you around. Yeah, can I send those to a friend? Yeah, just just for a friend. Can you send them to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he played like the rest of the final song, just completely butt naked, hiding his shame behind the giant yeah. stand-up bass. Yeah, because I know that that's not, like, a regular for musicians in general. I just know that Japan is different. But, I mean, I mean, even look at, like, here in the States, Some depending on which venue you're in, it's just like, no, 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 that's not allowed. No nudity. No, like, so I just I, I just mean, it's know. like a punk rock club, so I'm going to assume that right, the sure, rules yeah. are a lot more loose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe they do, like, the work around where it's, like, a private establishment. And Japan mm. is all about them rules, though. So yeah, but it still. If you're it, rich it, enough, the rules don't matter. So. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think they're. I like I said, his giant stand-up base is being held together by duct tape. I don't know. I don't think <laughs> he's making super big money. <laughs> <laughs> and then after That's Edwards, it was Electric Eel Shock, and besides. Sushimami Ray, this is one of the bands that really made me want to start promoting Japanese music. Um, almost 20 years since I first seen them live, they're still on top form, they have a great wild set. Um, Giant still plays, also plays naked, except for a cock sock. So, like, <laughs> I got more nudity that night than I thought I was going to get. It's just like, oh, like everybody knows that that venue is like, oh, this is the naked venue. This is where we go because we, we just want to do that. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Duh. But like, as as uh, we talked about um, after the show we recorded last time, like the Electric mm-hmm. Eel Shock is the band that 
I really feel like deserves to be selling out arenas. And like, if you can look on YouTube, find footage of their Bonnaroo 2006 gig. Like they're playing in front of like well over 10,000 people at this set. Like that should have been the moment that Electric Eelshock became one of the biggest bands in the world. Right. But well, nobody comprehended it because they were all on drugs. <laughs> That's Bonnaroo for you. <laughs> it's just Bonnaroo. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, I'm still How's here. The concert? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then last was a band called Mustang Jerks, and they spelled jerks J-E-R-X. Uh, more good rockabilly punk with a female bassist. Fortunately, not giant bass, just a regular bass guitar, but she was still really good. Got some great Guitar Wolf vibes from him. Um, great show, but um, there was a bit of an incident with one of the bands. Um, after I had left the venue, um, T2H had kind of had a bit of a fist fight with one another. So. No. But are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah. I don't know if alcohol was involved. Probably was. Um, but so... Uh, apparently things are okay. They are still performing together. So who knows? That's, I wonder if it's a, like a, a normal thing for them. Like it's like oh, it's a, here's a, here's the the next fist fight from T two H. I don't know. I mean, how many years to, went by before the Gallagher brothers just went? All right, we've done enough of this. No more oasis. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. so um andrew you had given me a couple of assignments and i am very happy to report that i have succeeded on a couple of these assignments cool remind me what the assignments were that i gave you so the first one was search for dagashia uh okay i think that was jonathan oh it might have been jonathan okay I was trying to find Dagashia because Jonathan, I guess, was the one who suggested it. And I tried looking for one in Ikibukuro. I tried looking for one in Shibuya and various other places I visited and no luck. And mm-hmm. on the day I went to my local video game store to buy the new Mario game, I noticed like a lot of people were walking down a certain street and I decided to follow suit and I stumbled upon the Oyama Happy Road Shopping Street. And it is currently still the oldest and longest shopping arcade in Tokyo. Okay. Nice. So, and save for like a McDonald's, all the shops there are Japanese. There are tons of stores, restaurants, karaoke spots, massage parlors, and pachinko parlors. And (laughs) of course, yeah, I actually found a great little arcade called Game Newton Friendship and Community Space where all the arcade games are 50 yen and they hold gaming tournaments there for Street Fighter, Tekken, Virtual Fighter, and a few others. Cool. Do they host Smash tournaments? No, these are like <laughs> legit like arcade cabinet tournaments. Fuck! Shit. You don't want to do Smash tournaments right now because Nintendo has brought the hammer down and they're I, literally well every single Smash tournament and making sure they go by their rules. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, yeah, I've never, I haven't been to a Japanese Smash tournament yet. I want to check it out at some point, but yeah, give my give my Captain Falcon a test. They're cool too. Like they all just kind of go by their own rules. They're not trying to be competitive. Yeah, and... but the, there's also no uh, in Japanese. It's interesting because you mentioned uh, pachinko. It, and pachinko is a weird like legal clause where like gamble it's not actually gambling but for some reason like yeah. tournaments you can't have prize pots because japanese government they like i'm pretty sure they, they think it's gambling like they, they consider they, they consider it they gambling cons yeah they consider it gambling which is like so fucking bullshit it's like okay like you the like the, it's not gambling if the odds are 90 percent 98-5% chance that Aqua is just going to win the tournament. Like, that's not gambling. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I just, I don't understand that. It's like, let, like it, that's a prize pot. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. <clears throat> so, after I had gone down those areas, I found like a bookstore that sold Shonen Ace magazine. And in that very issue was a special, like, Nichijo placemat-style poster, which now proudly hangs up in my wall, because, like, mm -hmm. I've been trying to find posters, and this is better than a poster. Like, the quality of it is amazing. Not to mention, it's mm -hmm. Nichijo, and you can yep. rarely find any Nichijo merchandise. And that's when I found it. I, it's called Himitsu... Kichi Ajito, and it's a Dagashia and a bar. Ah, okay. So by day, lots of kids go there, um, and you could buy like great assortment of classic candies. They have, they sell crepes there. They sell special drinks there. Uh, their their whipped cream and chocolate crepe there is amazing. Like, you watch them as they work their craft to make it, and it's probably the best crepe I've had in Japan thus far. Cool. And uh, at night, it becomes the bar, where they do, like, for 2,900 yen an hour, you could have all you can drink. And I wasn't in the mood, but I might make an another trip there to see what it's like for the all-you-can-drink night. I want to see, like, mm. the vibes for it. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. And then the other thing, and I think this is something that you told me to find, Andrew, was the the conveyor belt sushi. Oh, yeah. Conveyor, conveyor belt sushi. Yep. Absolutely. So oh, yeah. They're all over the place. You would think, but like, it's hard for me to find some, it's hard for me to find it for some reason. So hmm. yeah, you kind you kind of have to know where you're going, but then once you find it, it's like, oh, of course. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 So I've been wanting to get to Atsukusa for a while, and I went last year, but spent most of my time under, like, a cooling jet because the humidity was really bad. And mm -hmm. I wanted to make a pilgrimage for a friend. Uh, as, as the intro of this podcast mentioned before the actual show, I had a friend who passed away, and mm -hmm. I wanted to get over there to send him, you know, a prayer for him and his family. Um, mm. So I get to Asakusa. I'm really hungry, and I find the Sushi Go Round restaurant, and it is the conveyor belt sushi. And oh. uh, it's I sit down. I have 
some all-you-can-drink green tea, and I mm-hmm. started scoping the the sushi because, as you may know, Conveyor Belt Sushi has a very interesting pricing system. Depending on the color of the plate the sushi rests yep. on is the price of what you're going to be paying. Yes. yes. So, like, if it's one color, it'd be like 120 yen. If it's another color, 240. And the highest it went for this place was about 700 yen a plate. Woo! But I played it safe. I ordered myself some unagi. I ordered some Mm -hmm. fatty tuna, mackerel, Uh, and squid sushi. Two total is my favorite. Fatty tuna is so, so, it's my, I think it's my favorite. It's so fucking good. It's so good. And (laughs) when I paid, it came to about 1100 yen or, $8 $8 when I converted it to US money. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because like what I bought, if I had bought this at an American sushi place, it would have been close to like 40 bucks. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was, that was what was always fun when I would go out with, uh, with my group for conveyor belt sushi is I, I don't know if they understood like, cause, cause I'm a guy who works out. So, so like I, I have a lot of protein that I need to replace after doing that kind of activity. And I, I just don't think people understand how much of a garbage disposal I am when it comes to eating. And so, <laughs> so like I would almost like make it a challenge to like stack my plates as high as I possibly could when we'd go to conveyor belt sushi. And I, like, I, and I didn't do it to be rude. I did it because I was hungry. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and I mean, if somebody else is paying, they're like, yeah, that's totally cool. So it's like, oh, okay. If if it's cool with you, then I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep grabbing food. <laughs> and I uh, and I, I made some sort of record because uh, uh, I don't know if they had it at, at the place that you were at, Evan. Yeah. Um, but when when we were done with our plates, you could slip you you uh, you slip them into like its own little disposal thing. Yeah, yeah. And it would it would uh, yeah yeah it would go underneath and then back and like basically so all the dirty plates would go in. Nothing but, like that. They didn't have that at this one. Yeah, so the one that we were at had a lottery system. So Yeah, you so should, every, like the bigger chains. There's one really close to where I live that is the exact same thing you're yeah. talking about. So when we so when I was in Japan, this is actually when I was in Okinawa. Hmm. So when I was in Okinawa, we we there was one with a lottery system, so we were uh, we all of us waited until we were done with our meal till we just start pumping them in. And uh, and I think at the time uh, Dragon Ball Super was coming out, so uh, so it was mm. all like Dragon Ball uh, gotcha uh, gotcha things, and uh, <laughs> and I think we won because I because I had so many plates, and we we basically also used everybody at the table. Uh, we won maybe about three prizes from <laughs> from doing that because we were disposing so many plates. It was pretty cool. It was wicked fun. Yeah, so unfortunately, they didn't have anything like that. That's one kind of conveyor belt sushi place I'm still trying to find. Sure, yeah. So maybe. Yeah, they're like the bigger chain ones. It's like, because there's like the smaller, like, you know, individually owned ones, which is probably where you went. It went in Asakusa. And then, like, the bigger chains, they have, you know, they're, uh, well, they're like the McDonald's version, I guess, of sushi conveyor belts. (laughs) Maybe uh, I'm going to be going to Shibuya after we record today, so maybe I will look at this one in Shibuya. Yeah, Oh, there's definitely one one there. There's got to be one there. Yeah. So uh, after I went to 
this conveyor belt sushi place, I went to the Asakusa Shinto Shrine. As I mentioned, wanted to pay my respects and send some prayers to my friend, um, alongside for his wife and family. And I was kind of hoping that by now the tourist season would be over, you know, since it wasn't summer. <laughs> but um, here's the thing about Tokyo. Tourist season never ends. Yes. Never and actually, ends. the best time to go to Japan and the best time to go to Tokyo is October. Yeah. Like September, October. Oh, it's like spring there. It's awesome. Mm. When like it, when there's the it's called a kinmokse. That's like the smell in the air from the the orange plants. It's like everything smells incredible. The air feels amazing. It's like so great. Yeah. But it's so super crowded. Like it took me almost twenty minutes to swim through the crowd to get to the shrine. Have you, uh, Zach? Have you ever been to Asakusa yet? Yeah, almost exactly one year ago when I was still in language school, we had a day where we went on a trip there to Asakusa, and it was really, uh, it's really cool. Like there's like there's strawberry mochi and everything. We walked through, mm. and mm -hmm. it was pretty crowded, but it, I think it was still like right before they like fully opened the borders like they were letting in more visas but it was mostly japanese people now i think if you go there it's like you can barely walk two feet and it's like mostly like tourists and whatnot so like it, but so i think i went at like the perfect time where it was like there's golden hour there wasn't a ton of people or like there's a lot by most people's standards but for asakusa standards i think there was a lot less than normal so <laughs> it was a uh, it was really great. So it was, it was many really cool. people with selfie sticks live streaming. Yeah. Oh, I, I bet. I uh, bet. That, that, that's why, like, it, it's funny when I'm, like, playing Persona 5 now. When, like, I'm still, like, going through the game slowly but surely. It's, like, there's they have, like, those character models where it's, like, the people frozen in place to, like, make it feel like you're in a crowd, kind of. And some of them are just, like, it's, like, two girls holding a selfie stick in the game. And I'm just, like, huh, that's... That's really true to real life, huh? Very, very accurate. I am super, I am so immersed right now. Yes. <laughs> um, so I finally get to the shrine. And Andrew, have you ever, like, you've gone to Shinto Shrine, correct? No, I stay away from Shinto Shrines. Oh, okay. All right. So, like, when you go, you kind of have to, like, first purify yourself with, like, incense and water. You, yes. you know, you bring the smoke over your head to cleanse your body. Um, I, you wash your hands with mouth, like, and then you get there, you, you toss a hundred yen and then another in the main area and did the proper bowing and hand clapping ritual and said a nice prayer for my fallen friend and his family. Mm -hmm. So after that, I just took some time to look around the shops and I went down to one of the shopping arcades and I found myself between two different dog cafes. Uh. One was Shiba Inu exclusive. And then there was another with various breeds. And I saw that the line for the Shiba Inu one was super long. Mm -hmm. And then, but the other one, which had various types of dogs, had no line whatsoever. So the place is called Rio Dog Cafe. You spend about 1400 yen for all you can drink soda, dog food, and like 20 minutes to play with the dogs. And you get down there and you're told you can feed the dogs, but don't feed the dogs with sweaters as they were on a diet. 
And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, real. I think I went to a, another a real. I think it's a chain. There was one when yeah, I was actually filming the persona. Yeah, when I was filming the persona video, when I was in a uh, Kichi Joji, they had one, and yes, my girlfriend and I Kichi went Joji. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to that one, and my girlfriend like they explained the rules to her and everything, and she knows way more Jap. She's like perfect Japanese, so like. She, she like erased the rules from her brain, and she was feeding one of the dogs with a sweater, and it was like, well, I don't think we're supposed to be feeding this one. And then, like, but that's the, the thing, though. It's like I sat down with the food, and I got bombarded with sweater-wearing dogs. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so the the hilarious way that that is phrased. It made it sound like you were feeding the dogs sweaters, and and I, I was so confused for a little while there. I was like, "Oh, the dogs are wearing sweaters, and you don't feed those ones." I yes. understand. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. But like, I tried my best to follow the rules. Like, I'll try to reach here. There's a dog that's not wearing a sweater, and like, just one, <laughs> just one, just nabs the nabs the food from the spoon, and it's like. Might, might as well just fuck fuck the rules. All the dogs, any dog, come yeah. here. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just, just get what you can have. And like, there was one sweater wearing dog, and her name was Mean Miwa, and she was a mini <laughs> schnauzer. Like, <laughs> I had run out of food, but yet she had just jumped on my lap, laid down, and like fell asleep <laughs> on my lap. <laughs> So I spent like most of my time like patting this Miwa and it was very therapeutic because like <laughs> I must and Daisuke or uh, uh yeah go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it was you know I've been missing out on dog interactions with me not being able to see my parents' dog so it's like yep it's kind of nice to have a place like this to go because sometimes. You need to, you need to pet a dog. There are days where like, I need to pet a dog. I need some dog interaction. And uh, it's nice yeah. to have these kinds of places where you can go and do that. But uh, I miss my dog so much. Cause like, uh, he, I hadn't seen him for so long. And then now he, he, he died. And yeah. like, he was like with my, obviously he's not really my dog. He's my mom's dog or so she said, but uh but yeah, yeah like I'm, I'm like huh I, I really want a dog but like in Japan it's just like the average apartment it's just not feasible so like the the dog cafes are like the only realistic thing you can do without like breaking the bank to have at least some interaction mm -hmm. yeah. and I'm sure the dog the dog breeds available in Japan is quite limited as well yeah it's different and, and also the culture with dog dogs is like I don't know if it's different in America or if it's like pretty much the same but like if certain dogs don't sell, then they'll just like kill them. <laughs> like I've heard some of like some places that sell uh, dogs, that like that's what happens if certain dogs just don't go. Then it's like, well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. We, we, I mean, if you have a puppy mill, then you definitely do that here. Breed, breeder, yeah, breeding yeah. dogs. It's not that case, I don't think. But yeah, uh, yeah. But I think in Japan, it's more common practice. I don't think it's like well, that, it that big it, of a. You're correct because I don't think. They don't have this. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to sound like I know this, but I, I would guess that they don't have the same kind of 
kind of like familial connection with their with the dogs like in their community like no, at least dogs that aren't owned by somebody then they're just like ah they're just kind of livestock so yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I think of. so but uh but yep. the but with familiar connection though there are like couples that i will see who are like in their 50s who are right like i'm like oh a baby stroller and then it's a fucking yes dog yeah, yeah. in the baby <laughs> stroller because yeah. they wasted their lives and never had children so now they're putting everything they have into their dog and it's right like, with it's like cute but simultaneously like the most depressing thing i've ever seen in my whole life which for me as for me as well like as a dog owner and somebody who has had dogs his whole life is even still just like no that's a dog you don't do that that's a dog (laughs) you know like yes you treat you treat them like family but they don't go in the strollers yeah exactly (laughs) you ever see the uh, backpacks that you that have that you could put a cat in and it has like the what was it like the window for him to see Mm-hmm. I I've think seen I, those, I've yeah. seen those and I went to last year I went to, to Shibuya for Halloween and there was a person with their Shiba Inu like in a backpack like oh, behind yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've totally seen yeah. that before. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's so so adorable. I can get yeah. behind that. Yeah, but, I can get behind like those stro- sorts of things. But a stroller, that's like all right, buddy, just have You're kind of taking up too much space here, dude, with that stroller. Rollers are yeah, also yeah. expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's probably, I'm sure in Japan, like everything has a market. They probably like have a specialized dog stroller and everything that's like even more money or mm-hmm. something like that. Do I get the stroller that has like brakes or this one has technology to like automatically follow me so I don't have to, like, you know, it's like some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I, like, now totally understand the appeal of, like, dog cafes. Like, I know, like, for some people, they'd rather go to, like, exotic animal ones, but there's a very good reason to, to go to, like, dog cafes. I think that that they, they, they are very therapeutic. They're fun to go to. And- yeah, no, oh, the appeal is, is very apparent, right? Yeah. Especially, like, if you, if you live in a place where, oh, I can't own a dog, but I can yes. hang out with them. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, the only thing for me is I can't go to the, one of those places because then it'll just make my want to have my own dog even yeah, like stronger. Absolutely. So I'm just like, ah, I can't do it. But for the people who are have stronger willpower than me, that they can. My they strong can do willpower is my apartment's too small for a dog. <laughs> See, and uh, mine mine's a breed thing, right? Like, because I've uh, my dream. I mean, I, I've had dogs my whole life, so I've 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 been around dogs. But my dream for like my dog is like I've always just wanted a German Shepherd. And how many German Shepherds have you seen in Japan? Total, probably zero. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think it, probably yeah. zero. I don't think I've seen any. That's <clears throat> the Rinton Ten one, right? Uh, is it? I don't. I'm not, I guess I'm not familiar. It's the like uh, common police dog. Yes, yes, uh, it is Rinty yeah, Tin. Shepherds. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, shepherds are great. So while I was walking around Asakusa, I had noticed that Tokyo Sky Tree was seemingly close by. And mm-hmm. I seemingly, looked, yeah, <laughs> it's tall. It's huge. Like <laughs> yeah. like where I was in Asakusa, it looked like looked like Tokyo Sky Tree could have just been right across the street. No, yep. <laughs> it was a mile away, but weather was good. Weather was nice. So I'm like, what the heck? Let's go. And I get and I'm getting closer to the Tokyo Sky Tree. And as I'm walking, I get close to like this this family. 
And it's like, it looks like a mother, maybe maybe her sister, or maybe her, maybe her grandma, her mother. And there are these like three kids, like these three young girls. And from the point of where we met all the way to Tokyo Sky Tree, these three little girls just kept going, eh, eh, oh, eh, eh, oh, yeah. eh, eh, oh. But the youngest of the three girls couldn't get the O part, so she was just going, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> I just thought it was, like, the cutest thing on the planet. Yeah, when whenever you see kids, like, since I'm working with kids now, it's like, I, I'm really glad that, like, I had a, I don't know, good childhood, so I don't carry the trauma into saying, I don't like kids. It's like, no, I just, I feel like a lot of people who don't like kids probably didn't have the best childhood, or they have, like, a grudge from some some past experience right. and yeah. i could be wrong but like that's like the general sense i get from the people that I interact with who say that and so like every time i see kids in public i'm like oh my god they're so fucking cute yeah like <laughs> holy oh. shit but, I'm, I'm like especially ja- japanese kids like they like they dress them in this like this just like these cute they just look like tiny adults and it's just like so like it's like oh my god you're so small like <laughs> well, that was one of the fun that was one of the fun things we talked about um on the last episode that we recorded was one of the questions we asked Evan was, was about the kids. And we, you just have this realization of how even across different cultures, kids are always the same. Like kids are still. Yeah. Like I was like, that is the coolest thing I have ever heard. You know, probably they get away with a lot more because of just how adorable they are. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so it, kids will test you. That's like what kids yeah, will, they oh, constantly sure. see where the boundary is and see what they can get away with. And if you don't put the hard boundary, they're just gonna you, they'll you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. So yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Am I cute enough to do this? Am I cute enough to get away with that? And it's like yeah, yeah. Almost. Oh my god, it, almost. It's like luckily with kids since i can like properly communicate with them it's easy but with dogs it's almost impossible because it's like like for example my my dog the one i said who died his name was hayden he's a labradoodle and he was like like that fucker knew he was cute like he he, like he was the sweetest dog but like he'd occasionally do things and then he just give you the look and it's like buddy like not okay (laughs) But yeah. oh my god, you're so fucking cute! Holy shit! <laughs> it's, you're you're lucky. You're lucky. You're cute because you'd be dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a. Uh, it's easier for I think young girls to get away with that, like the because mm-hmm. some, sometimes young girls can be a little bit more manipulative. They could be like, Aha, I know I'm cute, and then it's just like you got to be really careful because if you let them go with that, then it's like they can get out of control over That's time. That's right. That's the right. little boys. It's just like they just try to like kill each other or something yeah. and then you just have to draw the boundary there <laughs> the amount of times yeah. i've walked through my school's hallway and i just see like two of the boys just wrestling like yeah 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 they got all that testosterone bro they gotta get it out i know i know <laughs> so i get to tokyo sky tree and tons of great shops and restaurants and they had a cafe devoted to um an old tsunami show that Still one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my life. Bo 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 bo. Yeah. Bo 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 bo. Yes. And the cafe was cool. 
I learned my lesson with the Fist of the North Star one and just decided not to buy anything from there because, like, the most cheapest thing there was a thing of toast that had Bubba Bo's face, like, burnt nice. onto it. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. That'll be 1,000 yen. Thank you. Yeah. 1,800 Enjoy your... Enjoy your... 1,800? Yes! <laughs> what the fuck? You could have done this at home. Enjoy your toast. Yeah. Damn. I, I'm hoping that the popularity of this cafe means that hopefully we might get a new Bubble Bowl anime somewhere down the mm-hmm. line. Because they never finished animating it. They never finished animating the story. Oh, but, yeah. like... It's what it is still like one of the most the English dub for it's still one of the best dubs ever because they just went for broke and just went just did the most funniest shit. Well, that's that's what I'm wondering, right? Is if Bobo because because it's very it's very Japanese in humor, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, where like, oh, I've worked all day long. I just want to go home and shut my brain off. And, you know, that was Bobo. But I wonder and, and here in the States, it's like, oh, well, we don't really get it even though there was like some of us who like, oh, that's really funny. But I wonder if it was so bizarre that even Japanese people were like, I don't get this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like if you took some random person in America off the street and tried to show them an episode of Tim and Eric, like, yep. Yeah. Are yep. they going to get it? Probably yep. not. But they might find some things funny, but they're, they'll be like, that one thing was funny, but the rest was just, yeah. But like, <laughs> bad shit. Yeah. Yeah. But then, then, then there's he, he, here's me and my buddies in college, and we're just like ah, like laughing yeah. hysterically, you know? No, literally. <laughs> like the, you'll have the people who get the spaghetti, like yeah, bits, spaghetti. and then you'll just have the people who'll be like, oh, uh, uh, what's his name? Josh Groban is singing funny songs. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, literally. so. So yeah, so I, it would be interesting to see if if there was some sort of bubble boat resurgence because of that. It'd be cool. Um, and there too, they had the NHK character shop, which you could buy like exclusive merch of like anime from NHK series. And I finally found there a, a plush of the character of Clara uh, from the show Welcome to Demon's School Irumakun, and. If you've never watched that one, that's probably one of the best family-friendly anime out there. Like, you could put this on for kids, and, like, there's nothing objectionable. Even though it's a show about a human kid who goes to school in hell, it is the most family-friendly anime you can watch, like, right now. I think I know, yeah, I think I've seen that series, and I don't think I've, I don't think I ever started it, but I am familiar with what you're talking about. So I found a plush of the character of Clara, who's like one of the cutest characters on the show. And it's very hard to find a plush of Clara where it's she's just in a regular school outfit. You can only find like the ones that are like, here's Clara, but it's a collaboration with Sanrio and Hello Kitty. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I just want, I want regular ass Clara. And this place finally managed to have it. And very happy to find it. And I went outside of the sky tree and it's all decorated for Christmas. And like (laughs) old me would have been angry because, you know, Thanksgiving hasn't even occurred yet. How dare they? But like, (laughs) there's no Thanksgiving here in Japan. So like, who cares? New me, I'm, I'm, I'm in a happy place. I'm both physically and mentally healthy. So like, with all of that in consideration, screw it. 
Christmas fun can start early. So I'm like <laughs> going all around, checking out all the different shops and trying some of the drinks. And it's it's a holly jolly time. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing about Japan that's weird is that like because they don't have Thanksgiving like in America. Well, they kind of do their Thanksgiving. Like it's the same day, but it's like a Labor Day. Yeah, it's, it's called it's, like wor- Workers Thanks Day or something. And it's almost because it's like day. Because it's like, why are you giving me a Thursday? Give me a Friday or a Monday. Give me a three-day weekend, not just some yep. random day in the middle of the week, you fuckers. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rant, rant aside, <laughs> <laughs> like the the day, at, like literally November 1st, that they start, you start hearing Christmas music in like stores, in like com- like combinis or in like drugstores everywhere. Like they start the Christmas stuff because, yeah, they don't have anything from halloween all the way until christmas and then their biggest holiday is new year's so yeah it's like so they're basically setting everything up for christmas and new year's and yeah it was weird at first but now i'm starting to play some like charlie brown christmas music in my apartment when i'm just chilling so it's like huh it feels kind of nice it's the air is cool and the music's playing i'm just chilling (laughs) just relax kotatsu like (laughs) everything that's, that's, yeah, that's, up the that's, vibes. Pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Okay. So, <laughs> but it still so feels I, weird. So I stumbled upon, uh, after the Christmas stuff, I stumbled upon a promotional fair that was themed around the Saitama Prefecture. And it oh, was tied... Tsumara Nai. What? I said Tsumara Nai, which is Japanese for boring. Most people in Japan think of Saitama. They think of Saitama and they're like, oh, it's boring. That's why uh, his name in One Punch Man is Saitama, because he's boring. That's like, that's why he's named that. <laughs> that's funny. That's the, that's the subtext. So. Okay. But sorry, continue, continue. Okay, so <laughs> like the, this promotional fair, it was tied to this upcoming movie that's coming out, Fly Me to the Saitama 2, which the first mm. one was apparently super popular and actually won a bunch of Japanese Academy Awards, which was what? kind of unheard of <laughs> for a comedy movie until this film. Fly Me to Saitama 2019. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Apparently, it's supposed to be really funny. It never came out in America, sadly, so I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. But it Hmm. has uh, Gakt, uh, the big, like, Japanese pop singer in one of the roles. Sure, yeah. um, He plays an American transfer student. (laughs) I'm like, he's like the most Japanese guy out there. How do you pull this off? Wait, it it made 3.76 billion yen in 2019s. How much is that? That's like $30 million. Yeah, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. For like just stuff for average film in Japan. Like, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not Mm -hmm. bad. So I went in, you collect stamps at each area of Saitama, and I met one of the mascots for Niza City, and he's this really cute uh, elephant-giraffe hybrid known as Zokirin. And the Zokirin is like going around doing the stamp rally themselves, and the Zokirin uses his trunk to put the stamp down, and it's so adorable. <laughs> Wait, let me see. Because Zol means means uh, that means elephant. So I said Kiran is giraffe, right? Yes. So um, I ah. uh, when I when I said it in English, I said it's a giraffe elephant. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah. Y- the uh, 
the the history behind that word Kirin is really interesting, right? Because so when Chinese, I think it was Chinese explorers. So Chinese explorers, when when you describe, they were the first ones to see like giraffe outside of their culture, hmm. and and then the only way that they could really explain it was what we would know as the unicorn, right? So yeah. um, mm. and and then so when they talked about the unicorn. That's when it got mistranslated, and people were ta- then thought they were talking about the rhino, um, and then huh. and then so so then it turned into the rhino. But but in Japan, the kirin is a, is a is like a thunder horse, right? Uh, so it's it's a horse with a horn like a unicorn, um, but it's it's like a god, and hmm. uh, and and it, I just find that so funny that the like kirin is a is a unicorn, but it. It, it translates to giraffe because the original Kirin, which was a unicorn, was a giraffe. That, 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 that's Chinese. That's a Chinese were trying to describe, but couldn't describe because they've never seen anything like it before in their lives. It's well, yeah, got yeah, this can, can really you imagine long that? neck, man. Yeah. It's like it towers <laughs> over us. Like, I can't. Yeah. I've never seen something so majestic. And when it gets birth, the baby falls six feet down. <laughs> <laughs> and then while you're just like. You're watching the giraffe. You're like, I've never seen that before. They're all of a sudden like a wildebeest stampede's coming. You're like, I've never seen that before either. Are yeah. they gonna stop? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, like that would be so crazy to be like the first person in your culture to like never heard, never seen this, and you just like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Oh, like, hey, yeah. Like, that's one hundred percent what it is, right? You know. So, <laughs> so it's basically one culture trying to explain these things that nobody has ever seen before. How do you explain something you've never seen before, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all your language is based on things that your culture has seen. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool. But but yeah, that's the uh, that's the that's kind of the history. Or I think I botched it, but that's the botched history behind <laughs> the unicorn and the Kirin. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> that should be a new yeah. segment. Botched history with AFLM. Bo- That's yeah, right. Botched, yeah, botched Japanese history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might have botched it last time on talking about the uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but uh, no, I was I was definitely right about that because all my facts were correct. It's just you found there was just something else additive on top of it. Maybe, yeah. All. So uh, I go. So yeah, I do the raffle. I <clears> spin the. You know what a garpon is, right? Mm. So garpons are the raffles where it's the marbles. Okay. All right. So I uh, spun yeah. it, and a blue marble fell out, and I won free tickets to the Saitama Aquarium. No way! Oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's three hours by train from Ikebukuro, but the tickets don't <laughs> expire until March 2025. So I've got like. Plenty of time Holy to figure out how to get crap. That's dope. Yeah. Gee. Wait, that's Aqua Park Shinagawa? Yeah. I nice. Think... Uh, maybe, <laughs> if, yeah. You ch- if you check out my YouTube video, I'm running across uh, Tokyo. I run by there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, Evan, yeah. maybe maybe if I, I come in oct- maybe if I come in October in 2024, maybe that's something we can do. Ooh, good idea there, Andrew. And um. After that, I got hungry again, so I went to a restaurant. It sounds like it should be Italian, but it's Japan exclusive. It's called Cheese Garden. Nice. And cheese Garden? Cheese Garden. They specialize in steaks and sandwiches. As we know, the Japanese don't know what cheese is because it's yeah. not over there. <laughs> yeah. It's 
the options in the supermarket make me want to cry. <laughs> I want my Mexican mix. I want my Italian right. mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want my like my craft, like whatever. Like I want my. I think I I, I can get craft macaroni here, but like you can get you can find craft macaroni and cheese at some Caldi coffee places, but it's very rare. You sometimes have oh, that's to oh yeah on like that's Amazon so pretty to cool, do though. it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I live in the uh, like what the Fujisawa area. There's apparently a place near uh, the main Fujisawa station, like underground, that my one of my coworkers told me about. She said to go look, that there's like a, like the big boxes down there of craft mac and cheese. So I'm like, I need to the go ins- there sometime. <laughs> the inside but, information on where the craft cheese is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah go, get on the Shonan Shinjuku line. You got to make the at the hour and a half long journey right. all the way down there's to one Fujisawa. guy there's one yeah. guy <laughs> he'll, he'll hook you up man <laughs> he's got the some he's got the good powder <laughs> cheese for you man you want some craft then, services and then i need to just buy some uh what's it called some ground beef and just make it hamburger helper and oh heck yeah the, oh that's the gas God. but you guys might cringe at me for this I, I put ketchup in that shit too no, so i do i sometimes Dude, no. do depending on the hamburger helper i put ketchup in mine as well yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with ketchup and yeah. as an additive. I mean, ketchup yeah. on macaroni and cheese is pretty good. So some, yeah. some people say ketchup and mac and cheese is disgusting. I'm like, bro, no, dude, I, I, put ketchup, gr- I, I grew up with that shit. Yeah, yeah, dude, <laughs> ketchup on eggs is good too. Like it's, it's oh yeah, it's, it's great. It's great on eggs. What I what I used to do, um, I used to mix in pasta sauce. And I would crush up like the Dorito, uh, not Doritos, Cheetos, the Cheetos puffs, and sprinkle mm. it on, mix it in. It'd be like the ultimate mac and cheese. Oh yeah! Now we're talking oh, about real shit. college college food, like college survival meals. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Yeah, that's gotta get good, so first you gotta get a walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta start moving it. <laughs> feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Throw the cheeses. <laughs> so I've talked about what I've what I've recently experienced. I've got to ask you, Zach. What have you recently experienced here in the Japan area? What have I recently experienced? That's a good question. Um. Well, I've been finally going back to the gym. At least, if have you been to a gym in Japan yet? No, because it costs eight thousand yen a month for a gym around here. <laughs> Yeah, if if you don't care about like equipment, there it's been getting popular recently. It's called Choco Zap. It's like three thousand a month. It's more like they call it like Konbini style gym. It's it's so it's oh, like nice. not a ton of not a ton of equipment, but like there's like some treadmills and then some like really basic equipment. But it's yeah, something you, you, for dude, cheap. You can do you can do everything with free weights. Like all you need is free weights. I don't know. I don't think they have free weights, unfortunately. What? Okay, then that's that's like a little too less thing. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 they have like a bench and some other stuff. I I still need to look in. There's one really close to me that I need to look into. But um, the I go to a place called Tipness, and it's a uh, it's like like a full on like you know your standard nine thousand a month uh, experience, but. It's a, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty nice too, because like I know in America right now, there's like the whole TikTok trend of like recording the gym shit, and that's been going weird. But in Japan, it's so nice because everyone's just like chill. It's, it's like you just go there. Everyone's focusing on their own thing, like, mm-hmm. and it's re- it's really nice. So that's that's been going on because basically since I made that video running across Japan, like that shit knocked me out. Like yeah, I would, right. I, I had, I could not exercise, and I started running again, but then like. 
my uh, my IT band on my left leg started tightening up, so it would make my knee hurt. Ooh, so oh, sure, I yeah, to, like, yeah, yeah. I had to roll that out and shit. But now, finally, my girlfriend and I are going to the gym last two weeks, so that's that's what's I guess new. And otherwise, since the the dinner that we went to, I haven't been able to do uh, too much. I've just been kind of plugging away. But I, pretty soon here, I want to try to go to uh, Kamakura or. Uh, Kamakura is great. Like, I'm really close. I'm really close. So like, I'm like, Fujisawa's right here. <clears throat> um. So my mom's actually going to be visiting Tokyo for Christmas, and Kamakura no is one of the places that I'm going to take her to. That's nice. awesome. Well, well, it sucks that I won't be here. <laughs> oh, are you going back? I, for I'm leaving. I'm going to, well, I, I guess funny lore story. My my mom and my older sister both live in Italy, so I'm going to visit them for Christmas. So uh, That is wild. That's, that is really wild. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be gone from like the 20, like second to like early January, like right before school starts back up again. So I'm not going to lie, um, dude. I'm a little jealous because I can only imagine what an Italian Christmas dinner is must be like well I, it, I bet it's sauce it, and cheese and some sort of pasta well i don't know if there's like a traditional one because like the weird thing about italy is that it's really catholic but really secular at the same time like it's they're not they're religious but really not religious at the same time it's so like the people don't care they care more about new year's than they care about christmas it seems so it's just um, in japan yeah so like all i know is that i'm gonna get a good lasagna uh, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty. I'm looking forward to it. my sister's uh, fiance. He he's like a really great cook. My mom's pretty damn good cook too. So I put them together and we get some good ass food. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. But um. Cool. But yeah, if you, if if I was here though, I would totally be like, hey, yeah, let's meet up and you show your Absolutely. mom around uh, Kamakura. Absolutely. <clears throat> one day, one day we'll figure something out. Like yeah. That. Yeah, someday, someday. <laughs> well, it's nice, it's, it is nice to know that you just have a buddy in Japan already. Like, if if you're if you're tired of uh, talking to the Japanese people, you can just be like, "Hey, want to do something?" <laughs> yeah, or, or if there or if there's some event that's going on in Tokyo, yeah. like, "Hey, have you heard of this?" And then like, uh, "No, let's go." Yeah, but but I'm trying to I will, next year. I def since this year was like getting my bearings. I'm definitely excited to like like okay, I'm settled now. Next year, I want to do more planning, but uh, yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. Basically, you're like how I am. It's like I'm ready to live. Like I'm yeah, ready yeah, yeah. to yeah experience what this whole country has to offer. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's where like I'm cons I'm considering going back to language school to get to get better Japanese, so that if I want a career or whatever, I can have. I can create more access for myself, right? To like talk to more people, more Japanese people, or even like say, do interviews or whatever. And I'm considering going to uh, to Kobe, which uh, is so like that. It, it it's like, you know, far away from Tokyo, but sounds like it could be a pretty cool place to live because it's like uh, Osaka's right there. Kyoto isn't too far away. It's like. Mm -hmm. I, I want to experience more of the country than like uh, Kanagawa and Tokyo. It's well, that's uh, kind of interesting because that'll be that'll be if I go back to uh, to Japan, that'll be kind of the area that I'll be in. Huh. Oh, so. sick! Mm. Wait, when are you, when are you planning to go back to Japan? I, honestly, it's it's all a work in progress, uh, so I have no hard plans because I mean I, I own my own business, so I have to 
keep that going, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I have to figure out how that goes. But if, but my tentative plan of like what I'm working on right now would be October of 2024. All right, and just for a trip or to live? Yeah, no, for a trip. So I'd, I'd be, I'd, okay. be, I'd be visiting my friends uh, who are who are stationed in Osaka, and then I'd be, and I'd be there for a couple weeks because they teach a school. Uh, they teach a comic book school, so I'd be going there to be a teacher oh, cool. for, for a couple weeks, and then I, and then after that, I'd take the Shinkansen, and I would go visit Evan in Tokyo for like a week or two as well. Yeah, yeah, sick. Very nice. Yeah, that's a nice thing. You, like the Shinkansen, make it so that it's like if you're far away, you're not really that far yeah. away. Well, see, I've never taken the Shinkansen before, so I was just like, this is my time. This is I'm gonna take it. Like you know, <laughs> it's, it's cool. It, I love yeah. it. Yeah, it, it's so cool to to ride that thing. Also, local or, inter, or local flights aren't that expensive either. So like, yeah, yeah well, that. that was what was so funny, right? Is um, like the shortest plane flight flight I have ever taken was from Taiwan to Okinawa, because hmm. as soon as you hit maximum altitude, you start going back down. It oh, was, it's one of those ones. Okay. Yeah, under under fifty minutes, uh, 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 flight uh, flight. So it was it was pretty funny. You just chill, watch it like a like a video or something that you downloaded and just yeah. and then oh I'm here huh? look at that yeah. oh man that was the hot oh, I will I will not be taking air taxi through Taiwan again I'll tell you what <laughs> I'm taking dude I love flying and I love traveling but I that was the hottest landing I have ever been in <laughs> <laughs> never again I will take I will take a uh, a big a big airliner thank you very much yeah understandable <laughs> We're gonna come down nice, and then just like push it all the way down, like land. Yeah, it's a dude. <laughs> I was white knuckling that one. I tell you, <laughs> I tell you. I was... And then when we landed, everybody's like jolting forward because we're going. <laughs> <laughs> Those yep. ones are funny. So let's go to today's topic. Please insert coin. Let's talk about arcades, video games. What the difference between Japanese and American arcades are like. As well as even touch upon gachapons and even the dreaded pachinko. I have experience with all of these things. Yes, as have I. What about you, Zach? I have experience with gachapons. I think I went to one arcade like one time, and it was in Fukushima almost a year ago. That was pretty mm-hmm. fun. And then I, long time ago, in my uh, like probably ten years ago, I was I I probably went to some arcades in America, but. They were older arcades, so it'll be interesting sure. to yeah. pull yeah, yeah. from that. And Honestly, that's all we got now is, is older yeah. arcades. <laughs> it's crazy because like in, in Japan, it's like they're everywhere. Arcades are like practically on almost every street. If you're like living oh, yeah. in Tokyo, especially like where I'm at in like Iki, in the Ikibukuro area, like you can't turn a corner without finding an arcade to go to. Which is freaking awesome, right? Like, it is. Oh, like how it's it, they're so enticing. Like you walk by one, you're just like, well, I guess I have to go in and see what they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my my friends have really been getting on me because like uh, a lot of my friends are really into fighting games, and I'm I like fighting games too, and I want to learn more. They're like, bro, how have you not gone to like some more of the arcades to play like like Street Fighter or like Tekken or whatever? And I'm just like, bro, like okay, I want to, but also I don't want to go into an arcade unless I know like. Okay, I have skills that I'm not just gonna get like absolutely like butt fucked by some like yep. the twelve year old Japanese kid who's been playing Tekken since he could like move his hands, you know. <laughs> Dude, 
and that, that, that was just it, right? Like, I, because I do, I'm, I'm a fighting game player. Like, I play, I play all of them. I've played all of them, and uh, I, I do, I do, I did surprisingly okay when I went, because Tekken's my jam. And when I was in, when I was in the arcade, and I, I played some Tekken on a machine, and it connected me online. Dude, this dude crushed me. Like, it, it, I didn't even get, I didn't even get to play. But then. <laughs> But then I played some Street Fighter, and I actually did pretty okay with Street Fighter. So I was like, okay, so it, that was probably just a fluke because I am good at Tekken. But like, I know I'm like, uh. yeah. So that guy just happened to be Japan better than like, you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, that's the skill check. That's the Japan skill check. Would you play online in Japan? Like, America in America, I think like just generally across fighting games, especially like Smash, was my main expertise. Like. In America, everyone play like most people play like super aggressive unless they're just playing like the characters who are just universally lame characters, right? Which like the the playstyle doesn't change. Like it's just mm -hmm. like a player is doing the exact same thing as the other ten mains of that character. But in Japan, like there are aggressive players, but it, it's way more like methodical, clinical, like slow. So like they will just and if they realize that you don't know something, they'll just keep doing that thing. They'll just keep skill checking you. Right. Like, yeah. Sure. Like, like that's the game in Japan is just constant skill checks. And if they realize you're a good player, then that's like you unlock phase two, basically, of like, yep. OK, yes. you're good. Now, how much do you know about like specific frame data? Right. It's like, right. Are you going to get grabbed by Armor King and you don't know how to tech the throw? So like you're just going to yep. take your whole health, health exactly. bar or exactly. like what's exactly like what's yeah, going to happen? Yeah, because I'm a big Evo guy. Right. So I like I watch Evo every year that it's on and and, you know, you get yeah. the Japanese players. And actually, that's what's been really I we're, we're kind of off topic talking about this, but we we start, we talked about fighting games. So now I'm on yes. it. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was really surprising when all the Japanese players got knocked out. Like Japanese players are not the top, you know, top of the uh, of the food chain anymore when it comes to fighting games. So, yeah, uh, especially when it comes to the world tournament of Evo. Uh, yeah, it's like it, Mexican players and like yep. Koreans. Like, well, the, the Koreans got knocked out. It's Americans, dude. Like Americans, they they're they're pretty top of the food chain when it comes to uh, the fighting game scene now. It's, and it's, it's very really surprising, wild. you know, that yeah. it's not the American like game players who are like the top tier in the like fighting game realm. Mm hmm. Yeah, so it's it's cool. It's cool to see how it goes, but but I mean that doesn't that's not to discredit like how insane the Japanese players are because even your casual Japanese player will just beat the hell out of you. So yeah, yeah. Well, well they always talk they always talk about it how like Japan is a wild card region because like there could be a player who nobody's ever heard of in their life who sh suddenly shows up to like a big tournament and then yep. they like knock out like ten of like the top Japanese players and they yeah, make like the top eight <laughs> or something like that. Like oh he knocked out Daigo. It's like okay, this is like, what's happening. <laughs> like because yeah, Daigo's like seasoned professional. He you know he has so much fucking knowledge. So if you if you don't beat Daigo, it's like all right, yeah, you're him. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of these like arcade players here in Japan, they're they're practically like the Waco kid from Blazing Saddles. Like you just <laughs> it's like a quick split second of them just pitting the buttons and controller, and it's like game over, you lose. And I'm like. I just put the yep. quarter in. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> there, there is. Oh, when when I was in the Fukushima arcade, like, the, dude, 
have you have you seen have you watched anyone play the taiko drums like the oh game? yes like yes. dude i don't like this kid had to have been like 16 or something and he was just having fun on his break because it was like uh <laughs> the day the day after what's it called uh new year's it was after new year's and i'm just like watching him play the taiko drum game and like he's on the hardest difficulty just casually like it doesn't even look like he's trying that hard and he's just nailing everything perfectly and then like my girlfriend and her friends and and i are just like on like low or medium difficulty <laughs> yeah. it's like oh no yeah how, absolutely how like the the rhythm game players here are also just that's that's what it is like rhythm games in japan are huge right like oh, yeah i don't know i don't know what it is about the rhythm games but yeah rhythm games in japan are, are, are a big selling point oh Isn't... i think it's because the arcades i are such a how do you say it's a big such a big piece of the culture that like i think japanese players this is what this what goes to Sm like back to my experience playing smash too like they are way more concerned with the number like the mm. high score than they are with like sometimes the enjoyment which like yeah. i don't doubt they enjoy it but it reaches a point where it's like okay i just gotta get the number which is with any like game you start to do more competitively right but like in smash it's especially terrible because smash online is already designed so poorly and it's based on that arcade like style where it's like they only care about is their number the higher so like they like the people in japan the number of people who will one and done you in fighting games in japan is mm -hmm. just like so high if the if the system doesn't encourage you to play more games against your right opponent. like smash doesn't encourage it encourages because it's GSP, you just get these fake internet points every time you win a game. It's just like you get the points, boom. But then arcades, it's like the people who are there, they're just like, I want to get the fucking number. And they're just like grinding their asses <laughs> off to get that number. It's like, holy shit, you guys are dedicated as hell. They just got this um, huge bag of 100 yen coins just keeping on literally in and trying <laughs> uh, to get that well, high number. But isn't that that that's got to be the uh, the appeal of pachinko too, right? Like you got yeah. that big bag yeah. of coins. I'm going for that. Um, so I have this story that I always love telling. I think I actually told it on the show before, but because we're talking about arcades, I have to tell it again, especially yeah. because you've never heard it before, Zach. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so when I was in Okinawa, we, me and my crew, we were going around. We we saw this, found this arcade, and uh, we we you know we're going around to see what they have. And uh, right on the edge of the arcade, like the entrance to the arcade, it's not even in the thing. It's like sitting outside of it. They're, like I see it. It's it's my game. Me and my brother used to play this all the time when we were in our own arcade. It was uh, it was Point Blank. Are you familiar with the game Point mm. Blank? It sounds familiar. Let me let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, pull it up oh, real quick. It's a it's a wait, it's a wait. light it's a light gun game. Yeah. Oh, kind of like Quake. No, no, no. Uh, oh, like not a, like Quake like an on rails uh shooter like oh, okay, okay, okay 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 yeah but it's but it's like, a gallery like haunted shooter. house yeah but it's a gallery shooter uh okay. so so it's a bunch of mini challenges that you go through and then you you try to get there and make it to the end and um so here i see i see this arcade machine i was just like it's my time it's my time to go and i'm going to play this point blank and in japan it's called something else but i know in, in america it was called point blank so I, I start pumping my quarters into this uh, into this point blank machine, and I'm playing. And because it's at the entrance of of this Okinawa Japanese arcade in this mall, uh, I'm 
I'm just playing casually and I love playing and uh, I, I, I'm doing well because me and my brother have been playing this forever. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like I, I turn around behind me and there's Japanese people watching me play. <laughs> and, 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 and it's because I'm, I'm doing so well at, at point blank. Like they, it, it must be like this astonishing thing to see this, this, this bald white guy, right? Like this tall, <laughs> bald white guy in Japan, in Okinawa, nonetheless, um, like playing this arcade game and doing like getting a top score and, 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 and I, it kind of sounds like I'm boasting and like inflating myself, but it's just the reality that like I played this game for a long time and I love playing it. So I got really good. And, yeah, well, and, you, and, well, yeah, it's not like you just picked it up out of nowhere. If you've right, been doing yeah. it for long, it's like, yeah, you're, you got the skill. Well, that's just it. And, and, and it was just, it was so crazy because the Japanese people must have saw it too because they stopped it. They were watching me play point blank. And I was like, this is, this, this is such a unique experience for me. Like, I, <laughs> it's why I love telling the story because it's, it was so fun. I, I've never had so much fun in an arcade. Uh, now, now I want to go to an arcade. Shit. I need money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Like when it comes to like the arcades, like like when it comes to my favorite go tos, light games are like my absolute favorite. I grew up mm-hmm. playing stuff like Terminator Two, the arcade game. Yep. I played Revolution X, the Aerosmith light yep, game, the Aerosmith game, one, which was <laughs> such a blast to play. Like like those are my go to because it's that it's that immersive aspect. Before virtual reality came around. Like, the light gun games gave you the feel like you were actually part of the game. You were part sure. of the story because of yep. that first-person perspective. And, like, sure, you could kind of get that from a first-person shooter like Doom or Wolfenstein 3D, but there was something unique. There was a unique feeling you got when you played totally a agree. game like... Totally agree. Or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. was it Time Crisis? Oh, Time! Oh my gosh! Well, Boy, well, also one, one of the one of the best parts too was since it's like a two person game. If you're like with a friend and you're doing it, like I had, there's an arcade. It wasn't an arcade exclusively, but there's this place called Perfect Games in my hometown. And in in that place, they had like a little arcade section, and they had a couple different uh, light rail shooters. And it was like. Like every time, if I was with my friends there, it was like, all right, we gotta go one at least one round at the minimum sure. one round. If we're like, absolutely, you know, yeah. if we're budgeting our uh, our perfect game coins or whatever, and so it's like, it, it was always so much fun. Just like, okay, well, we gotta do it because like we gotta see, can we aim fast enough? Are we good yep. enough? Like, are we in the battle? Like, are are, are we in the mindset? Go soldiers! Well, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, for for me, so for me and my brother, for me and Jonathan, it was always uh, Area Fifty One. You remember Area Fifty One? Yes. Yeah, I, uh, I have limited experience, so I don't know that one. But we um we played Area Fifty One so much that we actually got we actually got a light gun and Area Fifty One for the PlayStation One, and we and uh, we got to, we just played so we just played it at home. Nice. And, uh. Like that. That's how we, me and my brother, we just we were all about light gun games. We even had we had lethal enforcers for the Sega Genesis, and yeah, uh, it, it was oh, it was such a blast. And then there's like House of the Dead, right? <laughs> House of the Dead. My, my 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 dude, my cousin had House of the Dead too for his Dreamcast, and we played that so much that 
we knew where every single zombie was. So we were already shooting by the time the game like was turning the corner. <laughs> it was oh, it was so funny. Yeah, we, we just and we would speed run that game every single time we went over. Yeah, I played House of the Dead one time in arcade and because I'm from Iowa. So it was in uh, an arcade in Des Moines, uh, the capital okay, of yeah. Iowa. And, the, and there was it was just there. And I, I think we were there for like a, a state wrestling tournament, which is like the most popular event, I think, at yep. that time of year in Iowa. And so like we were just having lunch. Just like, oh, there's an arcade. Let's go. And so then we played House of the Dead. And I didn't do too well because I didn't have much experience with them, but it was, but it was still really fun. Oh the yeah, but the voice acting yeah. too is just like hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> what, oh, what was dude, the one yeah. that was at David Buster's <clears throat> that we played, Andrew? The one that like it had it, it's supposed to have like the elevator doors that work, but one of them was broken. Oh sure, yeah. Um, had, I like, don't the remember most atrocious what the, I, yeah. voice acting ever. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. I I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what the game is called because it was so unique. Like I had never seen it before, so yeah, yeah, I that's that's funny. That yeah, that the elevator door didn't work, and you and Jonathan were laughing hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like light games are like <laughs> my favorite. Like that's why one of the big reasons why I love the Galgun franchise is because it mm. is a legit yep. good rail shooter game. Yeah, it's perverted, it's etchy, you can... Yeah, it's a smut it's topic. Naughty, but. but it's but it's such a phenomenal rail shooter. Like, I wish that there was a Galgun arcade game. Like, I would I would, I would, would be feeding 100 yen to that any chance I get because of just how much fun it is. Yeah, uh... Actually, uh, to kind of swing the topic back around, same same to- same uh, topic and same thing. But uh, I forgot to mention that. Uh, so Jonathan and I were just recently at the Retro World Gaming Expo in Connecticut, <coughs> and uh, and when we were there, uh, we were there to watch the Tetris tournament because uh, because we like the Tetris World Championship. We have players, wh- whatever. So that was why we were there. But at this convention, they had a bunch of old games because it's the retro gaming thing. And I actually found a PlayStation 1 copy of Point Blank 2 in, in like, a glass-sealed case. And it was, like, $300. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just like – and I had – Dude, I was I was on the edge, right? Like I was just like I I got this new job, I'm getting paychecks, I can get this if I want to, and then but of course, <laughs> uh, but of course I've got impulse control, I've got impulse control, so I saw it, I was happy, but I wasn't happy that I had to leave it behind. <laughs> maybe one day, maybe one day, maybe one day, yeah. When it, when when Solarian Sun makes me rich and famous, I'll be like, ah, somebody find me a uh, point blank, yeah, that one, <laughs> and I'll buy a whole arcade machine of it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> But like one of the things I've I've noticed too is like how different the vibes are depending on where you are in a, like a Japanese arcade area because you've mm-hmm. got like the because as uh, we were talking about the fighting games like when you go to like the fighting game section of a Japanese arcade there's this level of intensity that you feel from all the other players like they are in it to win it that kind of feel but then you go to other parts of the arcade and everyone's so happy-go-lucky and you kind of get that same feeling in some American arcades, but like the intensity of the fighting game area is unlike anything you feel in any American arcade. Oh yeah. Um, when we had round one here in here in Massachusetts, 
uh, it was like probably the last round one in all the United States possible because it's a Japanese chain. Uh, they had the Tekken machine arcade machines and I don't think it was Jonathan's bachelor party. I think it was one of the times before that, but you were there with us, Evan, I think. Yes. Um, and, uh, and so I sat down at the Tekken machine and, and some guy across from me wanted to, wanted to challenge me to Tekken. And dude, we like played bouts bet. We were just pumping quarters in this mean, like I would win some, he would win some. And then after we were done, he came around the arcade machine and he was like, dude, that was so fun. Thanks for playing with me. You know, like it was just like this <laughs> yeah. camaraderie. Like we were just like, dude, you're so good. Oh, when you did that. Oh, like we were like congratulating each other. It was it was like we I didn't know this guy. It was just but, but we kind of had this camaraderie of like a mutual understanding of what we were doing there, you know? No, exactly. And, you know, yeah. sometimes you yeah, have exactly. that camaraderie in the, in the Japanese ones, but there are some people who play the Japanese arcades just to, you know, I don't know just how to Just to grief. Quite, just to <laughs> grief, yeah. But, but just to curb stomp these kids, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, well and, uh, that, that's the thing that I think is also, for me, it's like, I, I, I know I grew up right at the time where arcades were starting to really die out. So, like, I never got to go, like, there weren't any major arcades too close to me. And mm-hmm. so, like, that's where it's like online gaming takes over. But, like, I feel like with online gaming, you, you just kind of lose that camaraderie. And it's like Absolutely, the closest thing you can yeah. get to it is just, like, trying to shit talk on, like, Mortal Kombat's, like, the, the microphone on. <laughs> like, yeah. but why would you want to do that? So, like... I like I, I really wish that I could like have more of that experience where it's like okay like we're going to this arcade or wherever we're just gonna play games together or just have a good time rather than because like it's so easy when you're even if you lose it's hard to like be like oh that was good but if the person's next to you you can just be like okay yeah I see the human that just kicked yeah, my ass like exactly yeah, yeah that human was good factor to it yeah yeah mm-hmm. like because so then cause like, you, can, you can learn yeah. from each other oh dude totally agree I I think you 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 nail it with that one. Yeah, that's why yeah. like I love playing fighting games with my friends like in Discord or like if I, I, I could do it in person, then like in person is so much fun because then it's like, yeah. how do I do this? Oh, so this move isn't safe on this. You can do this instead or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like oh, though that process is just so much fun. And then, and then if you're just like at the same skill level, it's just fun to like shit talk and just play the game. Exactly. <laughs> and then if you're in person with them, you just order a pizza. You just go all yeah. night long with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just just a blast. Oh, Absolutely. oh, we did in college. We did. We played Street Fighter Four until oh my gosh, that's that's pretty much what got me back into fighting. It was playing well, Street Fighter Four in college. Did you, get, did you get carpal tunnel syndrome from trying to do all those frame perfect inputs for that game? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> like, Dude, <laughs> I, I didn't even bother. The, my friends were so good at it that I, I, I maybe won one or two matches in all, all uh, like five years that I lived in Florida at the time. So, so if you want to hit that combo extension, you have to hit frame perfect. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, I'm not. I was like, I'm not getting that far, dude. I'm like, I'm done with that. Um, the uh, the other thing that I think um, we should probably chat about as far as arcades goes is claw machines. Yes. Uh, I, I feel like the claw machines here are a little bit more fair than the ones in America. Like, you feel like you actually get a chance. Like, I've won things from Japanese claw machines. I've yes. never won anything from an American claw machine before. Well, uh, mm-hmm. well, I, I remember I sent you that guy on on YouTube. Uh, so there's this Japanese guy on YouTube that I like to watch. His name is his name is Claw Master. 
Mm-hmm. And and he has some of the most stunning videos I have ever seen on the internet because uh, he basically gets kicked out of of uh, Japanese arcades because he he basically breaks the machines without breaking the machines like illegally. Uh, like he just he, knows how to maneuver and like he, what to do to make it. Yeah, like how to how to manipulate winning prizes out of claw machines. So he's basically using a claw machine's mechanics against itself. And so if you guys if you guys check out Clawmaster and and if you can even figure out how he does these things, you you just you could just win a bunch of prizes. Uh, however, I do remember go when I was in Tokyo, I. I was I was at this machine and it was a figurine machine. It was one of those figurine um, you get you get the claw, but you you want to push it downwards and like get the angle so that the box falls through the the pipes basically. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I remember I just did it so many times, it, you know. And it, and it was a it was it was from the uh, the series Ruby. And I don't even mm. like Ruby. I don't even watch Ruby. But at that point, it was just like all right. I'm in this. Like I, I'm getting this figurine no matter what, and I must have put like twenty-five dollars worth of coins into this machine to the point where a, an attendant walked up to me. A Japanese attendant walked up to me, opened up the machine, and made it so that I only had one push left, so that I could just push it through and get the thing. Because she's, she's <laughs> like, by their standard, there I, I had already paid for it, and she was just like, "All right, that's <laughs> enough. Like you can just have it now." <laughs> that's funny I remember when I first came here uh, for the move and I went to the round one in Ikibukuro and mm. there they had a claw machine that was showcasing the character of Kohaku from Dr. Stone one of my favorite characters mm. from the series sure yeah and this is where I learned the kind of strategy the pushing strategy aspect of not trying to grab but the mm-hmm. push and like I found out about that accidentally. So I was trying to aim for the grab because they're on the back of some of the boxes. There's like this little tab thing. And like the aim of the game is to actually aim for the tab, aim for the hole there to grab it. And the first time I was a little bit too far off from the tab. But then the second time I found out that I wasn't close enough, but what the claw managed to do was push the box down yep. so much that it just fell down and I won it. And like nice. getting that sort of feeling, like getting that victory, like that actually happening was one of the best feelings I had when I first came to Japan. Yeah. Well, well it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's a form of gambling. So it's like the house always wins in the end. Yep. Right. So yep. like when you feel like you beat the house, it's like, get fucked. <laughs> well, and, and the, the funny thing is, is um, it like that feeling that I had when I was going after the Ruby figurine. Again, I have no connection to Ruby. I don't watch the series, but it was that drive of I know I can do this, right? Mm. Like that's that that's that gambling drive of I know I can do this, and th- at the end of this, there is something tangible that I can own. Yeah, um, and so you get to the point where you're just like, I don't care if I've paid way more than this is worth. I'm going to get it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that feeling is, but that's what it, that's what happens. Yeah, er- earlier this year, I think in January, February, maybe. 
maybe it was actually last November, December. It, it doesn't matter, but uh, mm-hmm. I went to see uh, Suzume no Tojimari in uh, Shinjuku because they have like the uh, the Toho Cinema with like the Godzilla on top. And mm-hmm. yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, yeah. when you're at the entrance, if you look to the left, there's an arcade so we were waiting for the showing to start so my girlfriend and i went and there was or it wasn't an arcade arcade but you know crane gotcha gotcha pong mm-hmm. arcade and so i was trying to do that the with the, the arcade game with the bars and, and it was a denji figure and i was getting so frustrated because i was just trying to like nudge like turn the box in the right way right yeah and, absolutely and then it just like every time i would just it would slightly almost do it, but not quite. And so then I was starting to get frustrated, but I cut myself off. I think at like 1,500 yen, 400. And then mm-hmm. my my girlfriend, at that point, we had just started dating not too long ago. So she was like, wow, you get scary with these sorts of things. Because like I get really into it. <laughs> so I was just like... I got I'm so fucking up. I'm so sad. <laughs> and she was like, I don't want to go to Crane Game with you anymore. <laughs> and I was like, no, but I'm so fucking close. <laughs> you see, all but, you do now is just you go to one of the Mondrake stores or Mondrake stores. You'll find those yeah. Crane Game boxes and the figure there. That's right. Like half the price of what you would normally put into those Crane Game machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, the, the the allure is that exactly. oh, I could get this for like two hundred yen. This thing yeah, that's worth two thousand or something. Yeah, because you're basically like competing against the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when I like so. There's one machine that I sometimes go to, and it and it's and it, it has like the plushies of I from Oshinoko, and like there's always one yep. that looks so grabbable, and mm. you do it, and it's like. You, you aim for it properly. It grabs it, and it just does not pull it up. Nope. Yeah, because they, they're designed to, like, isn't it? it it's, sometimes it's completely random how much it actually squeezes, and then other Correct. times it's, yes. based, yeah. it's based on how, how much you put money into it. Like, they, they can set it however yeah, they want. It's, so it's, it's programmed. Like, it's totally programmed. Yeah. So, so it's programmed um, to be random or to be, like, okay, if it reaches 2,000, like, every 500 yen, it'll get a little bit stronger or something like that until um, you win. So uh, one of the things that I saw from the this Clawmaster guy, this is the one of the ones that made my jaw drop, because because it's it's basically like, oh, how does he not get in trouble for that, right? Uh, mm. So you know, so the, it's a normal claw machine, like one that you would find here in America, where it's a free floating claw that you move around and then you go down and and the three prongs try to grab at the item. Yeah. So what so what he would do is he would rotate the stick in a circular motion so that the stick starts getting its own centripetal motion. Mm. And then, and what it would do because it's, it's spinning wildly is it would mm. latch onto the prize cage behind the, behind the actual prize grab things. So it would get stuck in the cage and then he would push, push the button and it would pull the prize cage, like the display cage forward and just dump all the prizes into the prize box (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy actually yeah it's it's insane it's absolutely insane again go check out claw master because he yeah i got i have one of his videos up right now actually it's like the crane game tech it's collection of crane game techniques that that are hated by clerks and it's him like pulling up the anti-slip thing on the bars to like 
you push push it off that way. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. Crazy. And it's like he does it in like three or four tries. <laughs> this guy earns. This guy has earned every view he gets. That is for yeah, sure. It, oh, totally. Yeah. It's so entertaining to watch. Uh, the box so, rested on the stick. Unlucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, gotcha pong. <clears throat> yes, gotcha pongs. I've only done a little bit. Not a not a lot. Just like a couple here and there. It has mm-hmm. to be for me like a series that I absolutely love. So I've done yeah. a couple yeah. for like Uma Masume. I've done a couple for um, Konosuba. I, I've done a couple for The Dangers in My Heart. There's apparently a new Teasing Master Takagi-san Gachapon that just came out, so I'm currently on the lookout for that one. Mm. You gotta go to you gotta go to that fella in um, Akihabara because uh, there's there's this one shop in in like the back alleys of Akihabara where he basically just has every single Gachapon in his store, and that's all his store is is just all Gachapon. Um, I learned about this from Tokyo Eye, and uh, and then I went to go visit it, uh, visit it, you know, because it was like, oh, I saw this on television. Now I'm gonna go, and then I found it. It was, it was, it was like I was. It's like I met a celebrity, but it's a spot, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so if you wanna if you wanna find your specific gachapon, go check out that that Akihabara spot. It's like it's in one of the cor- uh, tucked away in the corner alleys. But that's hmm. the problem. There are so many tucked away in the corner alleys. I, yeah. Oh, I know. I know. You also uh, you also like Google Maps it or something. Do you know what the name of it was? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> mm. I, I yeah. The I was into Genshin Impact a little bit last year and sure. or, or probably too I was way too into it for like about a year and a half or so and then <laughs> like honestly the last like 4 or 5 months I just haven't really touched the game. I'm just like, eh, okay, not interested. And um I just I got one of those just like keychain uh Ayatos, mm. Ayato like things, and it, it was pretty nice. And I think my girlfriend is a little bit more susceptible to gachapon than I, because if she sure. sees something, cu- if she sees something cute, she's like, "Ooh, I want yeah. that one." <laughs> yeah, gachapon is is this really weird allure, right? Because you have the ones for anime fans, then you have ones that aren't tied to anything at all, but they are either representative of of a mascot or or like an activity that you like to do like they make sports ones they make breakfast ones like they have so mm. many food there's so many food gachapons where they have mm. like rep, replica food because for some reason japanese people love replica food mm. hmm. and they've got like these weird ones with like animals that are in different positions too yep yeah um one of my oh wait this wasn't this wasn't a gachapon um, though I can, I, I, this is another story that I've told before. And I think, you know, what, what story I'm talking about, Evan, uh, the, the one from Nakano Broadway. Yes. The, the mystery, the mystery gotcha pawn. Oh yeah. Yeah. The mystery so, one. Okay. So, so Zach, I don't know if you've hmm. been to, uh, Nakano Broadway before, but I don't um, think so. Uh, so Nakano Broadway is one of my favorite spots to go to. It's, I, I actually enjoy it more than Akihabara itself. Uh, but it's it's a nerd district, but it's all secondhand thrift store nerd district stuff. So everything is being resold. Uh, so you can find some really old and and interesting secondhand things. But um, but there's a there of course in, as as there is with every place in Japan, you walk a little bit too far, you get to the back of the place, and you find their 18 plus. This is the adult like no children allowed section, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm wandering around uh, the adult section, uh, and there's just stores everywhere. 
Uh, and I'm, I'm not going into any of the stores, but I do find this little dead end. Hmm. And the dead and the dead end leads to a bunch of gachapon machines in the adult section. And one of them says 18 plus gachapon mystery machine. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm staring at and I'm staring at this machine and I just say, well, I have to solve the mystery, right? <laughs> and, and so so I put my it, and it was it was like 500 yen, right? So I put mm. my 500 yen into this mystery gachapon machine. Uh, a little black ball comes out. I don't know what's in it. And I open it up and it's a keychain. It is a vibrator keychain. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever had. So, so, I, <laughs> so I got home. So when I got home, like I gave it to one of like my married couple of friends. I was like, here you go. This is a funny joke gift for you. It's a keychain vibrator. Enjoy. You know, <laughs> and then all they can talk about is just like, remember the time when you came home from Japan, you gave us a, a keychain vibrator. I was like, yes, I did. I, I did. That. I had <laughs> to solve the mystery. I, I had to solve the mystery. So <laughs> that was fucking fun. hilarious. Yeah, you I'm, gonna keep, I? I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep a lookout for those now. I, I need to do one of the, one of those mystery gotcha plots. Yeah, like I, I mean, you can I, probably I had... find some of them in like an adult sex shop in Akihabara. I know for a fact that there are a couple in one of those areas. Yeah, there's Akihabara is rife with all those sorts of things. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was one of those things where it was just like, well, I'm here. I gotta, I just, I gotta see, I gotta know what's inside that shop. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, not like I didn't go as a pervert. I went as a tourist. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, oh, check, check my pants. All right. Not hard. Yep. Not yep. a pervert. All right. Exactly. Let's walk in. <laughs> exactly. That's, that is, a, that is the exact mentality. <laughs> it's like as, as soon as as soon as you get a little too torqued, it's like oh, it's time to go. And it's time to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just get one. If you if, now if you're playing there all day, then obviously you you, know, you get a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a, little, that's a little too much. It's a little yeah. too much. Yeah, if, if you're there for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, you're good. Once you get over the 20, 30 minute mark, then uh, well, because well, because that was just it, right? This isn't even about our arcades now. That's hilarious. Um, that was like <laughs> that was the, that was the funny thing is. It, it was on a YouTube, like a YouTuber was talking about like, oh, I, I'm in Akihabara and here is a eight floor adult store. Oh, and he's, and there's like, Jesus. I can't, it's like, I can't film in there, obviously, but here it is. And then when I, sh when I showed up, lo and behold, there it was. There was the eight floor adult. I was like, I saw this on YouTube. I have to walk Holy into shit. the store. And buy yeah, so <laughs> it was. It was. It was something, man. It was. It was something. Yeah. It, yeah. I know crazy. the one you're talking about. I've been into that one, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little. Uh, it's a green building. It's like a little green building. Yeah. And, it, uh, and it. It's something. It's not. It's not that impressive because as, when I walked in and you, you hear like, oh, eight floors of of uh, of sex toys and smut. When they say eight floors, you're talking about those like little skinny buildings where like every single floor is like you have, like your shoulder to shoulder to the walls because yeah, there's no yeah. space at yeah, all. Yeah. So it's just like ah, like yeah, eight floors is semantics. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's like three normal floors if you were to con like squish. Yeah, them if all you were to together. condense it. It's yeah. like 1,000 games on this one handheld device. That's right. It's yep. It's like 700 versions of Tetris. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. A bunch of, bunch of, just a bunch of ROM hacks. Yeah, yeah, literally. So, but um, but yeah. So back to arcades and gotcha machines. 
I love going to the one in Sunshine City. That one can be a little overwhelming because it is like the biggest gashapon shop, I think, in the entirety oh, of at least Tokyo. Interesting. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's on like the, the top, not the top floor, but the third floor of Sunshine City. And Bandai Namco owns it. And they've got like practically every single gashapon you can almost think of there. Like of their properties? Kind of some of them of their properties. There are some that are not of their properties. Oh, really cool. surprised right. me. Um, mm. But they're it's it's quite amazing, and it makes me wonder. Just like, is there somebody in Japan that takes the their time to collect each and every one of these? Oh, one thousand percent. There is right. There's gotta be. There's gotta be gotcha. a guy that like owns every single Gachapon that has ever existed. Yeah, like Gachapon Otaku. Absolutely, yes. there's gotta be Gachapon Otaku. Mm-hmm. Bro, that's like, yeah, that's a full time job. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, that's what? the guy. Yeah, the guy who owns the store owns every single one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Then he's like, when these are gone off the market in 10 years, I'll sell them for surplus. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they do. That's Dude, the strat. The, you, you have no idea, like, like you know, like, they have the uh, anime, like, folders you could buy. Just the clear folders you could buy. Like, you could buy them for, like, a couple hundred yen. And then 10 years later, they'll, like, be, like, almost close to, like, depending on the anime, like, almost, like, 8,000 yen for one of those. Yeah. Dude, those freaking... Japanese and their state and their stationery, I tell ya. you. You just gotta make like Disney and just prey off people's nostalgia, and then that's boom, right. You can, make, you can make enough money, but it's not a good long-term business plan. But if you're just if you just care about making like a lot of money really quickly, then yeah, then what then, the heck? Why not? Well, what, yeah, sure. <laughs> makes you wonder when it comes if you're like collecting gashapon, like what has to be the the holy grail. Of, of a gachapon. Like, what is mm. the gachapon that, like, everyone strives to find? Like, it has to be, like, something legendary. And, like, maybe one or two people in this whole country, maybe even the whole world has it. There's got to be, like, uh, like a New Year's 2024 Gudetama or something like that. That's just like, oh, it was only for the, like, 2004. Gudetama is, is, oh, it, is sold exclusive out. to this shop. That's right, exactly. <laughs> yes. But... It's like Shit. Beanie Babies. Oh, do you remember Beanie Babies? It'd be yeah. like Beanie Babies. Be... Dude, my mom got me a Beanie Baby when I was born, 1999. Yeah. <laughs> so like, she got me like the August 1999 birthday Beanie Baby, and now those things are worth nothing. Because <laughs> 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 everyone's like, these. Uh, why would I want this ugly ass doll? Like, what, what value does this shit have? Because like, the thing, the problem with Beanie Babies is it's not attached to and it's anything anyone cares about. They they basically tried to make a value from nothing. Whereas like, yep. if you're doing gotcha with Zelda, it's like Zelda already has value. It has like people's hearts and minds and like childhoods mm-hmm. are baked into Zelda. But so like, obviously people are gonna be willing to pay for that. But like, yep. Beanie Babies, it, like who fucking gives a fuck about this ugly ass bear reskin? Like I don't I, care. I think the only the- ones that really people cared about were like the ones that were like inspired by real people. Like when I was when I was like oh, yeah, yeah, elementary yeah. school, like I was a little bit of a deadhead. So like they came out with the Garcia Beanie Baby named after Jerry Garcia, and <laughs> like 
That one was so hard to find, and if you actually found it, it went for like almost $300 back then. Jesus. Well, <laughs> I mean, and, and you, you gotta think about it now. What are the baby, what are the Beanie Babies of today? It's Funko Pops, right? Yeah, Funko like, Pops. Yeah, a, yeah. A, a totally worthless piece of plastic that's the lowest common denominator piece of entertainment that people can buy at a collector's level, and it's annoying, and people buy it, and in, in, in the future, when people forget about Funko Pops, they're gonna be totally worthless. Yeah, the only thing they have going for them is the fact that every Funko Pop is attached to some existing IP. So like, exactly, yeah, exactly. That's the only reason they'd have value, and so the, the, the only one that will have value, like no one's gonna get the fucking PewDiePie Funko Pop like in ten years because he's gonna be retired and like, doesn't give a fuck, right? Yeah, right. But like, yeah. But like if if it's something that's like still relevant, then like those are gonna be only be the only ones with value, like. I don't know. Funko Pop's just so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I, you only buy the ones you're attached to. Like, I have um, I have the ones for Baby Metal. Like, uh, which, you know, I bought them because it's cool. It's awesome that these actually, that they actually did a collaboration with one of my favorite bands. And, like, yeah. you know, that, that matters. But, like, I don't want to buy Funko Pop if it's something that is not attached to something that I'm really, that, that, that I'm into. Dude, all I'm saying is when I go to when I go to conventions and they post me up uh, across from Funko Pops, I get irate because people because like because like here I am with like my own personal comic book that I made and I I put all my love and it's unique. Nobody else has it. I'm selling this this thing, and and people like walk by, give me a glance, and then they look at the Funko Pop wall and they stand there and they stare. And I was just like, dude, it's like you can buy these like everywhere. Like go to go to Newberry Comics and just buy all the Funko Pops you want. You're at a convention. Buy like a unique thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> buy my unique unless, thing. Unless Consumers. it's like like uh, League of Legends, like uh, what is it? Uh, PAX like Twisted Fate skin where it's like you can only get that skin if you were at PAX in 2012 or whatever it's like this is the insert insert convention here Funko Pop that's right it'll be, it'll be so valuable in 20 years when this convention doesn't exist anymore because everyone bailed like like E3 no, my, like <laughs> at, at one specific convention the item of my absolute rage like for the whole weekend, because I had to stare at it, was the Stretch Armstrong Funko Pop, because it was basically just a blank Funko Pop with blonde hair that they said it's Stretch Armstrong, and I was just like, "Who is buying that one?" <laughs> well, yeah, who the what? fuck is Stretch Armstrong? It, 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 it's okay. If this was like a Funko Pop that you could actually stretch, I would understand. But it's a Funko Pop of a toy that you stretch. Of a different toy. But you yep. can't stretch. <laughs> what yeah, the that, wait. fuck is that? I think we're in a terminal state of uh, <laughs> Funko Pop right now. Yeah, we, we are. We are. We've, we've absolutely lost the plot with this one. Yeah. But we, <laughs> <laughs> 
Probably uh, let's let maybe we should kind of stick a fork in it if we're just gonna keep on ranting about Funko Pops. Oh, dude, <laughs> we, dude, we, co- we covered so much. We 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 got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's move on to what is called the Quack Quiz. I'm gonna give five questions about things that we talked about and see if you can figure out the answer to them. Are you ready, right, Andrew? Uh, no. Let's see, my brain works. <laughs> yeah, no. These are, dude. These are hard, Zach. These are these. I'm telling you, he he does this on purpose, and he laughs at us. And they're so <laughs> hard. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put on my thinking my thinking pants. Yes. Okay. So you called the cozy Kotatsu. What century was the Kotatsu invented? Oh Jesus Christ! Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Fuck me, at least take me to dinner first. God damn. Um Can I can I phone a friend? <laughs> My girlfriend's chilling right over here. Can I phone a friend? Yes, ask your girlfriend. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. I'm- Jade. What century was the Kotatsu invented? Created? Do you know? That's pretty long time ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Only from Edo Jidai, when people has their own house. Edo Jidai? Mm. This is not like a table at first. I think. Not a table at first. When was Edo? Put, put that in Western years for me. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to use Google. I don't want to Google. Okay, Edo. I'm going to say... Somewhere, oh, just to check out on Google. Well, it's a quiz. I can't. I can't cheat. I can. Phone a friend. Uh, I'm hearing. I'm hearing. She's encouraging cheating. I'm hearing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say the absurdist answer. I'm gonna say 19th century. Uh, I'm gonna say, oh, shit, this Japanese shit. Well, Japan wasn't super organized until like uh, 1400s. So I'm gonna. S- 1600s. Oh, so the you're you're actually kind of close there, Zach. So it was invented in the 14th century. The 15th. Shit, century. dude, oh, did that you, was gonna I, be my second guess. Yeah, if I, I go, honestly, like, right after. If I wasn't gonna be absurd about it, I was actually gonna say 14th century. That's <laughs> that sucks. I should have just. I should have. I should have been serious about it. Okay. Because my brain, I'm thinking like. I'm thinking like Ghosts of Tsushima, Invasion of the Mongols, 13th century, yeah. everything went to shit for a while, and then they got like their shit back together. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> they started to get their shit back together in the 14th century with the invention of the yeah. Kotatsu. Yeah, exactly. That's when it, it, Okay, does Japan have a Kotatsu? Yes or no? If the answer is no, then everything's a shit. If the answer yeah. is yes, then they took over Korea and China. That's right. This is the this is this is the uh, the bar the bar that you're setting is is was Ko, was Kotatsu invented yet? <laughs> okay. Now I know that. Now I know. 14th century. Okay. Okay. All right. Next question. All right. So I talked about finding a dagashi, and I think one of the things that got us interested in dagashi, at least for Andrew and I, was the anime Dagashi Kashi. Hmm. What was the name of the candy shop that Kokonatsu reluctantly had to run? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I've only seen clips from the show. I haven't wa- been had the chance to watch it before. So I this is wait. OK, wait, can I can I ask for uh, is it in Katakana? Like, is it like Katakana Ego? Mm. Interesting. <sighs> no, it's not. 
it's not Katakana, it's just straight up a Japanese name. Well, then yeah, I, yeah. I'm probably SOL. I'm SOL yeah. on this one. Like oh, Takahashi Candy yeah. something. Dude, know. it's been forever. I forget. I okay. forget. <laughs> All right. So it's Shikada Dagashi because Kokunatsu's last name is Shikada. That makes sense. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't even know that, so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Early in their career. Okay, so I talked about Electric Eel Shock. Electric Eel Shock mm -hmm. got a big push in the Western world thanks to their music being featured in a jackass spinoff series. Which spinoff was it? Viva La Bam. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I only really know the jackass movies, so I'm, I'm a... I, I don't have an all the jackass lore. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is, is I uh, I know nothing about Electric Eel Shock, but I do know what the jackass spinoff series were. So like, <laughs> that's like I just had to like weed it down and be like, oh, OK, it'd be on Viva La Which Bam, one probably had their music. Got it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Viva La Bam had it. OK, question <clears throat> four. I talked about going to the Saitama little festival thing. Mm. What was mm. the name of the Niza City mascot that I mentioned? Oh, oh uh, uh, Zolkirin. Yeah. Yes. All right. Okay. I remember. The I know some half, Japanese. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember. I remember the Keaton half, but because okay. we had a big conversation about giraffes. Yeah. All right. The last <laughs> question. Okay. The last question. So we talked about arcades. Probably in America, one of the most iconic ones is the Simpsons arcade, which. I still have not been able to find here in Japan. Makes you wonder if it ever was here in Japan. Interesting. So, recently, the One Up Mini Arcade Machine came out for the Simpsons Arcade, and it had the bonus of one other Simpsons Arcade title. Which one was it? One other Simpsons Arcade title? Mm-hmm. Mm. -hmm. mm. This is this is a Simpsons game that was in the arcade, or was it just a different game? Yep, yep it was in the arcade. Ooh, I I don't know because I only know I only know the four player beat 'em up that was in the Simpsons arcade. I don't remember the other one. I do know that there was another one. I just don't remember what it was. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know the Simpsons games. I'm a, I'm a SOL. Okay, it was the Simpsons bowling. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Simpsons Bowling. Hmm. A lot of it's very hard to find the actual Simpsons Bowling one. Like I only found it once in my entire life, but I remember it being pretty fun and funny too. Hmm. So that was the quick quiz. We got two out of five. So hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, what do they say? F's get the Degrees? <laughs> <laughs> if we got three, we could say D's get degrees, but no. <laughs> Unlucky. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's okay. So that wraps up this week's episode of Duck and Muck in Japan. And Zach, thank you so much for coming on to the show. For our listeners, where can they find all of your cozy kotatsu stuff? Mm. Yeah, so you can find me on YouTube at the Cozy Kotatsu, Cozy spelled with a K, and yeah, I'm planning to ramp up some, making some more new content soon. So stay tuned, and yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. 
Anytime. And Andrew, where can our listeners find out about your Solarian Sun stuff? All right. Well, if you would like to check out my comic for free, you can head to solariansun.com, where I have currently, as of as of this recording, I have up to page 275 posted for free, which is the start of chapter 10. But if you would like to become a member and join the Solarian Sun team, you can head over to my Patreon at patreon.com slash AFLM, where today I actually posted up to page 644. Uh, so, and that's, um, I'm posting new pages weekly, uh, and uh, we're about halfway through chapter 22. Um, and also, speaking of chapters and making progress, uh, I have the pre launch page for Solarian Sun Volume 3 up alive now. If you go to Kickstarter and head to uh, AFLM or <laughs> find Solarian Sun Volume 3, you can click that button. That will. Uh, rem- send you a notification when it officially launches in January. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, Solarian Sun Volume 1 through 3 will be available in that, cam- uh, in that campaign, along with a whole bunch of other stickers and cards and exclusive art from guest artists. I, uh, I actually hired a couple guest artists to do some nice. pieces for the, for the run. So we're going to, yeah, so we're going to get some cool, nice. cool art in, in that. Uh, so I think, I think that covers everything. Yeah. Um, I don't have any conventions coming up because it's Kickstarter season, so nothing to announce on that front. But uh, yeah, good. At least start for free, and then and then check out uh, check out the rest of it if you want uh, weekly content. Yeah. Very cool. And as always, our listeners can visit b3crew.com for the recent reviews of anime, manga, video games, all things pop culture on the Boston Bastard Brigade. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram on KingBabyDuckESH. Like us on Facebook.com slash Boston, B- Boston Bastard Brigade. And uh, that's about it right now. I'm still trying to figure out the whole Twitch thing. I may start doing that soon once maybe the school season calms down a bit. Maybe that's when I'll start doing that. So tune in and see what happens. And... Um, Guys, once again, thank you for joining me. Uh, Zach, you're, you were a blast to talk to here on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks. I always try to have a fun time. I don't, I don't want to be the boring guest that's going, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> you are not so. the boring one. Don't worry. Don't worry. All right. All right. Well, yeah, thanks again for having me. Yes. Yeah, so until next time, this is your King Baby Duck. AFLM. And the Cozy Kotatsu. Reminding you that if you're going to chase your dreams... Make, Make sure, sure you, you run, run amok. amok. Make sure you run amok. Got it. <laughs> yes. <laughs>